Welcome to the 16th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and podophobic, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? General Kenobi, what am I? Uh, what? What am I? A porophobic? Podophobic. What's a podophobic? Uh, a person who is afraid of feet. Ah, that's You gotta fair. sock them up, buddy. I hate feet, you know that. You gotta sock them up. Cut them off. Well, uh, I don't know. Cut off every foot in existence. Your, I'm looking at your feet right now. Why are you doing that, you weirdo? You got a foot fetish, Simon? You no, I'm fetish? saying your feet are still on your person. You yeah. didn't cut your feet off. What are you, a hypocrite? Yes, indeed I am. You're not wearing socks, so I haven't even looked at your feet yet. I'm sorry, yeah, I should have wore socks. It's disgusting. I didn't do that on purpose, by the way. Ah! See, this is me being scared. I'm frightened. Yeah, botophobic, right? <laughs> yeah, Good, wow, that was... Thank you. Thank you, sir. Clever. Um, so how, how's it going? Like, what's uh, what's been happening this past week? Uh, we released think. a Closer Look episode. It aired just a few days back. Correct, yeah, on Friday about The Boys Season 2, which I think uh, went quite well. We dove into The Boys for about, what, an hour, give or take a bit? Yeah, approximately. Just under an hour. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we went pretty deep into it, really overanalyzed it, almost ended up being a little bit negative about it, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, we start off very, very positive. Like, this is an amazing show. It's an incredible show. And then by the end of it, it's like, is this an amazing show? I'm not sure. I still think it's a fantastic show. It's really great. Yeah, I do agree. I just think we, yeah, like, overanalyze it maybe a little bit too much but i would suggest listening to it there are some flaws though in the season i don't think we overanalyzed it like we we didn't like paint ourselves into a a weird spot i I think we we found some problems we analyzed it maybe just the right amount i agree i i suggest everyone listens to it if you've watched the boys season two of course i mean you probably don't want to spoil the entire series for yourself season two at least right Mm -hmm. cool man super cool how are you i'm pretty good I'm pretty good. It's just been another COVID week, you know? Just going to work, coming home, working on the podcast, doing some video gaming occasionally. Yeah. No, uh, no one's stealing stop signs and walking by my window, if you know what I mean. I do, because you're neighbors. Yeah, because my neighbors stole a stop sign. I walk, yeah. walk by my window, but... Uh, Is it because you beat them up? Like those kids I didn't at the beat, theater? I didn't beat anyone up. And, and there was no kids beating up at the theater. I, I mm. want to make this very clear right at the top of this episode. That's exactly no what kids. someone that beat up a bunch of kids would say. It's true. It would be, it would be a wise choice. I mean, not necessarily because they could be proud of it. I yeah. don't know. You know? They could be pleading guilty, but I am certainly not because I didn't do such an act. What have you been up to? Honestly, man, not much. It's been a pretty... Uh, whatever week pretty melancholy you know nothing really new new or exciting i played some video games as well you know watched a few shows watched some movie just a single movie Good. which we'll talk about later for sure uh but honestly man it's been a pretty whatever week nothing too spectacular i see yeah cool then all right i guess let's just go into it yeah let's start with a show correction oh I specifically referenced the Sasha Baron Cohen Showtime political satire TV series last week. Uh, We talked a little bit about Borat, uh, but we did reference the show that he had on Showtime. I think it was like six episodes or something like that. Uh, I guess I'm... you're you're causing a, a, yeah, you're setting us up for another correction, uh, correction for next week. I'm not committing to that. I don't know no. how many episodes the show has. Regardless, I said the wrong title of the show. I said it was called This Is America, which I'm fairly certain is a Donald Glover reference to a song yeah, that is. released, yeah. I think in the same year, actually, 
Possibly. In 2019. But it is actually called Who is America? The show by Sasha Baron Cohen, who's a pretty skilled fellow, isn't he? He's fantastic. He's yep. really great. He's pretty amazing. We're going to talk about it because we're going to talk about a, a particular movie that he's in uh, shortly, mm-hmm. as well as Borat, the second Borat movie. So Borat, the, subsequ- the subsequent film. Which has a lot larger title than that, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyways, just to clear that up, it's called Who is America, not This is America. We're not referencing a Donald Glover song. Although Donald Glover is great. He is great. Also a very skilled dude, Yeah, actually. That's what they have in common. Mm-hmm. Like, Donald Glover is... I feel like he's likely to get, potentially, well, I don't know, actually, whether he will ever do a stage play, but an EGOT. And you get an Emmy, Grammy, Tony, and Oscar. I think that he he could do it, I think, theoretically. I think He's so as well. He's a young man. There's lots of time, but we'll see. Let's root for him. Ooh, go down, Glover. Yeah, I believe in you. Uh, okay. Well, moving on. Let's move on to what we've been watching this week. What have you been watching this week? I guess there's a perfect segue in there somewhere that we definitely missed. Let me missed. tell you. So, I've been watching. <laughs> this is kind of funny uh, because I've talked so much shit about this. Fear the Walking Dead season five. I'm oh, watching it. Nice. No, it's not nice. It is. Oh, it is bad again. It is laughably. Bad. Wait, is this sorry? Season five is not the current season, correct? I think they just started season six. So on they started TV. airing t- season six. Correct. I'm watching season five because it's, it's on Amazon Prime here right. in the Canadas. And this, of course, is the spinoff show of the very hit The Walking Dead. Very hit show. AMC's The Walking Dead. And it's also a spinoff show of uh, the first three seasons of Fear the Walking Dead because it has a incredible... It's, it's different. It's 100% different. Tonally, it's different right. from season four on. I actually looked into this and season four is actually at 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the critics apparently liked it, which is ridiculous. The season it, you thought was awful. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it's absolute. it sucks. And it's the second best rated season of the show, which is... Wild. Yeah, to me, it, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Crazy. Um, All right. Season five, though, is... I, I checked on Rotten Tomatoes as well. It's at a 55%. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with it. It's very bad. It is not good. Well, 55 is not, not that bad, actually. Yeah, about half people liked it. And those... That's half- actually r- roughly what Hubie Halloween, the Adam Sandler movie about Halloween and Hubie, is on Netflix. I would suggest watching Hubie Halloween over and over and over again, as opposed to watching Fear the Walking Dead Season 5. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm continuing to watch it. I'm nine episodes in, but I'll be honest with How you. How many episodes? 16. Oh, my goodness. I'm not really watching it, though. I'll be honest with you. I, I watched the first episode, and I was like, oh, my God, this is not good. And then I just kept it playing while, like, playing on my Switch. And then I, I was playing, you know, a little bit of video games, and then just had it playing on my phone next to me. It's just something to have, like, as background music. I see, yeah. Just something that I can kind of, like, pay attention do it is not good in every conceivable way every conceivable every conceivable way way. really Nah, maybe not every conceivable i'm being i'm being hyperbolic but it's just not good man it's really bad get more specific like what's bad about it so they regressed a lot of the character development with at least the original cast okay again there's the typical over explanation of every single character explaining what me. they're thinking. I'm, this is their motives. Blah 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 I'm blah. Ethical. There's a bunch of kids in it, and, the, I'm and kids suck at acting. These kids suck, and I hate. I hate when they're on screen. It's are they in anything else, or is this their first? probably their debut i don't know i don't care i didn't care enough to look into it Ah, okay there's a tonal shift in the show it's inconsistent tonally it's almost become a a satire of itself in some ways whereas 
I don't know. I think about The Walking Dead, and Walking Dead does have its ups and downs, but it feels like The Walking Dead all throughout. This genuinely feels like a different show from seasons one through three. I guess this is what happens when you drastically change your show. Hell, man. I feel like it's even different from season four. Because at, season, at least season four, I was like, this is watchable. I hate it, but I, like at least this is watchable. This one is genuinely like, oh my God, I don't want to watch it. So I, I think... When was it? Maybe a couple nights ago. I watched the mid-season premiere of it. Uh, So I think episode nine. And the entire episode is filmed like the characters are holding cameras. So it's filmed like, you know, like Chronicle, like the movie Chronicle. Or or whatever else. why? Yeah. Is it like a musical episode? No, they're just like doing this, like, no, weird... they're, they're just like, oh, we gotta, we gotta make sure that because the the premise is them like trying to save people now. Okay, right. So it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, like we saved a bunch of people, but nobody saw what we were doing. So now we're gonna record it all, hmm. and it's just so bad. It I is see. so bad. I I genuinely was like, this is actually unbearable. Like I couldn't get through the ninth episode. I was like, maybe just is... stop watching it. Ah, uh, yeah, I probably will. See something like, else. There's yeah, lots it's... of TV series. Start Mr. Robot season three. No, the like the reason why I've been watching that is because it's something that I can watch in the background while I'm doing other things. Like it, like with Mr. Robot season three. Yeah, you got to pay attention. Oh, like I got to sit there sure. and watch. Great then, season, by the way. I yeah. know you you've watched up to season two, right? Yeah, finished season two. The first two seasons. Yeah, season three I would say is an improvement over season two. Season one's probably the best, and then I'm not sure about season four. Yeah, I'm excited to I'm, I'm excited to dive into that. But yeah, there's a lot of shows to watch, but I don't know. Fear the Walking Dead just seemed like. All right, I can put this on while playing my Switch or while sure. playing whatever yeah, I get else. It. But yeah, man, it's so bad. It is like so. Well, the funny bad, thing is, is like I, I sent you a, a production photo of, or like it was a character photo of Morgan from season six, I guess, and he's completely looks completely different. The picture is of him with a like a scythe. Like he's holding a scythe and he's wearing a cowboy hat, which yeah. is just not who we met in first of all season one of The Walking Dead. The Again, the original mm-hmm. Walking Dead show. Morgan's a spin-off character that or he spun off and yeah. entered the Fear of the Walking Dead show. And it's just weird. It looked really odd. He's a guy who didn't want to kill anybody in the Walking the original he still Walking doesn't Dead show. In Fear of the Walking Dead, mind you. He still doesn't. Oh my goodness, in season five. So yeah. in season he's six, I guess like, oh, he's gonna change his gonna, mind. We gotta save people. He's holding an axe. Because I imagine something bad's gonna happen to the crew of people he's with, and I'm oh my god. That's crazy. It's so shit. I can't like I can't tell you enough of how bad it is. And I like I don't even know why I'm watching it. It's one of those things that's just like easy to put on again, but fuck man. I really hate it. I really hate it. And they brought another character over from the original Walking Dead show. Oh yeah? And they brought over uh Dwight, who is oh, introduced great. Yeah, in like, yeah. season seven. Yeah, I don't mind Dwight. Well, I didn't mind him. Uh, anyway. he's again another character that they just kind of bring in and he's just kind of pushed off to the side he's just another character that's joined onto the team and everyone's okay with them and morgan and dwight know each other mind you they have never met they have never shared a single scene together in the entirety of the walking dead show not even once did they share a scene and they know each other in fear the walking dead when when morgan sees him he's like are you sure they hadn't 100 percent. i've never been more certain about anything in my goddamn life i don't remember that because I looked into it. I, oh, okay. when, when when the episode happened, Morgan's like, Dwight? I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't think so he's never met. even seen him. Not a, at least not on camera. Because I, I Googled it. I looked into this after because I was like, I swear to God, these guys, these characters have never well, crossed paths. Well, if they seen each other on in person, I'd imagine they would have to have gone to a fight. Because before no. Morgan left, Dwight, yeah, wasn't Dwight was exactly... still a bad guy. He was yeah. still with like the, the the saviors, killing people and bashing people's brains in. But no, they're like buddy buddy. I'm not joking. It is like a huge glaring plot hole, and I was like, what the fuck? They must have realized that and said, oh, we got to do this because. It's 
to cross over the shows because people like crossover events in general yeah. and so they must have done that on purpose knowing that these two characters if somebody was watching the original walking dead show they know that they were obviously both in that show and so therefore they naturally need to know each other that is the stupidest thing ever it's dumb as fuck that, those creators know that for sure that's pretty dumb yeah it, is it, this it, his debut season is this dwight's debut season yep for fear mm-hmm. okay wow crazy yeah Dude, it's it's well now you good. at least you you rooted out the the concept that I'm not gonna watch it. Don't. At least now I'm not gonna watch this because I, I haven't even watched the first season of Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead's worth it up till season three. Yeah, but what's they the built, point if it doesn't even? There's no payoff because season three ends in a cliffhanger that they don't address in season four, and they just do a huge course correction. They oh, so there's up. literally no point in no, watching it. No, except okay. season three, in my opinion, is the best season of The Walking Dead. Anything that I've watched, it's so good. It's so good, and it sets so many things up that they just kind of throw away. What a what a failure of a show this is. What a failure. And I can't imagine The Walking Dead with kids. The Walking Dead the World Beyond. Yeah, right. That show can oh be my any God. good either. I'm going I'm going we'll to watch see. it if it ever 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 shows up because again this is apparently supposed to tie in with like the the movies that are going to happen based on the Walking Dead universe and apparently that is also going to tie into Fear the Walking just a bunch of crossover events. I don't care. Fuck this universe. I'm going to watch it though. Hmm. But screw it. It's ugh. Ugh. I honestly, I'm disgusted by its quality. Like I can write better. I'm not even a writer. I'm not even an avid writer. But I know for a fact, I would bet my fucking life on it, Simon, wow. that I could write a better season of television with more interesting characters than the Fear of the Walking Dead. And again, it falls wow. into this the same sort of trap that the Walking Dead does in the later seasons. Of it assumes you care about these characters, and you oh, I can't wait to listen to this one character who I literally wish was dead, monologue for five minutes about, ah, this is how I feel because of this one thing that happened before. And, and, you know, I totally get where you're coming from because you're suffering from something similar, blah, 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 blah. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Okay. Nothing happens. Nothing happens in these first eight episodes. Literally nothing happens. What about the ninth episode? It, I, that's the episode I couldn't get through. Oh, you couldn't finish it? Yeah, because oh, it's so bad. Oh, you literally did not finish it? I, no, I couldn't get through it. I oh. literally stopped because oh, I was like, okay. this is way too cringy. Wow. It doesn't make... Why the fuck are you guys holding cameras? Yeah. How are zombies still sneaking up? They, God, it is so bad. I mean, Wait, how would they have cameras anyway? One of the characters is a former journalist, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but why would they have cameras? Because they would Where be are the batteries coming out from? Out of battery. Uh, There's no electricity. They don't have electricity anywhere. That they are at. So there's no explanation? Well, they, there's got to be an explanation. No, that. they do in the first half of the season. Yeah. They have electricity. Okay, okay. In the second half of the season, when they're avidly using the cameras, there is no sign of electricity. They like, At least they don't reference it, but they're just holding these cameras. No and the way it's edited is like they're different scenes. Like like the guy holding the camera decided to zoom in and give you a better angle. And it's like, who the fuck is doing that? Right. It's bad. It is bad. Bad. <laughs> Understood. I will not watch it. How are zombies still sneaking up on? Okay, this is real quick. I'm going to I'm going to finish this off. Finish okay. this off about how bad this show is. So, they're in the camp. They have barbed wire around the camp. Right. They're filming, they're doing an interview because they're doing these like office style interviews with every character. It's oh boy. stupid. Okay. And like, oh yeah, you know, like this is how this happened. And then they're trying to do these like funny gags in it. And it's like, none of these are landing. This is stupid. Again, another reference to the incredible tonal shift of the show that is so inconsistent. But anyways, they're filming. It's an open field. And I mean open. There are no trees, nothing. There's no. There's not even a fucking hill. And then all of a sudden they go like, oh my god, walkers, or whatever they're calling them, growlers in the show, breaking through the barbed wire fence. I was like, you could have seen them 
quite literally eight hours ago because that's how flat the fucking scenery is. How did you let them just come in? And they're like, how oh. close were they there? Like, how many feet away? Like, I mean, they were already through the barbed wire fence. Oh. And it's like, how did you not notice it? And, and the person holding the camera is like, oh, my God. And then starts filming it instead of fucking running up and killing these walkers. It's awful. It's bad. Point I'm done taken. My rant. I'm done Point my rant. taken. Okay, then. Uh, what are you watching? <laughs> I've been watching, actually, The Good Place. Season four? The, season final, four. the final series? Of the season? It's amazing. It's really good, wait. man. I love this show. Such Me a great too. comedy. It's about people, they basically got, die, and they, they go to, like, this... Uh, the Good Place. Uh, a good, heaven equivalent, equivalent quote Right, unquote. they go to The Good Place. It's kind of run by Ted Danson's character. It stars um, Kristen Bell. And, uh, yeah, no, it's really funny. It's hilarious. There's one episode in it that's my favorite of the series so mm. far. It's a it's a cheaty centric, centric episode. episode. I really like him as a character. There's really like four people that the show kind of focuses on, and Chris and Bell is one of the characters in this in this afterlife type scenario, the good place. And then I guess there's the fifth character is Ted Danson's character, and I don't know. I just find Sixth it's a, as well. There's a, what's her name that always appears whenever you call her name. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Janet. Janet, yes. Yeah, that actress was uh, really blown up, actually. Darcy Carden, who's Ish. also in, Barry. of course, Barry mm. with uh, Bill Hader. That show is a fantastic. I can't wait for that to About come out. About a, basically at a hitman who decides to, because he's doing a hit in California, he decides to take acting classes because one of his, the people he's supposed to kill is in an acting class. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's really funny. And that, I can, as you just said, I cannot wait for that to return. That is amazing. But anyways, Darcy Carden plays Janet. You can literally, as soon as you say Janet, she pops out of mid, midair and then, you know, takes whatever query you have and she knows everything about the entire universe or can create anything at the, basically just by asking her. She's like Google incarnate. Kind of. But you can also like create, like you ask for a box of cereal, like Fruit Loops, and she'll create Fruit Loops. It's for like you. Google and Amazon incarnate. Right. Google and Amazon incarnate if Amazon Prime was now instant. You didn't have to That'd wait cool. even a second. No two-day shipping, guys. One second. One. Anyways. Um, but specifically, the one cheaty episode. I think you'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. Really, really great. But yeah, that, that show is interesting because it takes lots of twists and turns that you'd never expect. It seems like pretty run-of-the-mill, like a sitcom, ah, they're in the afterlife. But it's really just not that way a lot of the time. They subvert expectations constantly. It's hilarious. Of course, it's a 30-minute comedy. I'm kind of sad it's ending. It's on NBC. Wish it would just keep going. Yeah. It's too bad. Well, it's interesting because it's one of the few shows that that's serialized. Like, it's not episodic. Yeah, it's a sitcom that's yeah. serialized. Right. It's rare. Which is unique. I, well, I, I wonder if that actually hurt them a little bit. But it is on Netflix. I wonder, like, that kind of syndication on Netflix probably did a lot for them. Yeah, so, uh, like, it, the show was made by Michael Schnur, who also developed The Office, Parks and Rec, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think it's just sure. Is it sure? Yeah. I did teach her I'm sure of it. Schnur. Oh, I see. So I'm mixing that up. Gotcha. She's a great teacher. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, Michael Schur. <laughs> shout, shout out to Mrs. Schnur. Yeah. She's awesome. Helped me out a lot in my final year of high school. Anyways. But yeah, like it, it's, I feel like it's the only Michael Schur show that is like serialized that I'm aware of because I'm only aware of those four shows. But uh, I mean, I know you're going to disagree sort of, but The Office is, is still kind of serialized. Like it's not, I know what you're, you're going to say, you can, you can always jump in at any point. Yeah. 
But I feel like you watch that show start to finish, it's a it's a whole different ball game. The Office. I agree. Me. I agree completely. But that's that's the difference between episodic and serial. Like a serial, like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you no, couldn't watch agree. in half it halfway sure. through season two in the good place. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, could yeah. literally watch any episode of The Office and be fine. Yeah, except Lost. for the people were so confused when Lost came out. Yeah, because there, that was kind of a new concept. That was the start of the golden age of television. Mm-hmm. But so it's really good. Oh, fantastic! I can't wait to watch it. I'm very excited. And yeah, Michael Schur is kind of cool. Like he seems to make. A a lot of great comedies that I just really yeah, like. Yeah, he plays Moe's in, um, in The Office, the office well. himself, who's arguably the most ridiculous and frightening character. Yeah, it's funny, show. like, I only realized that way after that he was part of the show's uh, creation team for The Office. Mm-hmm. Like, after I'd seen Moe's, I think, until I had actually seen season nine, I didn't even know that he was part of the producing team for The Office, but... Anyways, pretty good. Worth watching. If you've watched, obviously, seasons one to three, or if you haven't even watched it, just watch The Good Place. It's, it's all on Netflix, at least here in Canada. It's a super fun time. You're going to like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't know for sure if you're going to like it. Maybe you're only into action movies, but, you know, if you like comedies at all, it's worth it. Moving on to the thing that we've both watched. Yeah. We could have easily segued to at the beginning of this segment where we talk about things we're watching, but we just chose not to and made our episode more obtuse. We've watched That's specifically... True. The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is a Netflix show, or movie, not a show at all, a Netflix movie directed and written by Aaron Sorkin, who has done a variety of different things, for instance, writing The Social Network, uh, writing and directing Molly's Game as an example. Which I absolutely adore. I love that movie so much. Everything he's a part of, I'm a big fan of, I think. Even like, for instance, the Steve Jobs movie. Uh, with Michael Fassbender, not to be confused with the one with Ashton Kutcher, which I talked about previously on the show. I, I do think it's worth a watch as well. It's f- fantastically written. It's awesome. That one's directed by Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. And again, really great writing in this movie overall. The directing, I mean, I can think the whole movie is, is really, really, really well done. I don't know what you're thinking, but... No, I agree completely. I really love this movie. I think it's on the level of like Molly's game in terms of quality. It's spectacular. Like, it, honestly, in every aspect, the characters are so well-developed. I know they're not... I mean, it's based on a true story, so I guess we should get that out of the way. Right. You mean developed as in they just showed us each side of these many characters yeah. who are part of this story. And they're all incredibly well-acted, and the way they play off each other is is really great. And I don't know, man. They're, this movie, it's, it's definitely something special. And it is something that you need to watch, I would, I would make the argument for, if you are into, like, these oscar nominated movies because this 100 this could gonna... win that's my is my dude as soon as 100%. i watched it actually i was i was just grabbing water or something like that at the yeah it was the last 30 minutes left of the movie i was thinking this is this is it this is probably the one that wins best picture if i'm yeah. gonna guess but it, for sure you're gonna be nominated if it's not nominated i'd be shocked dude yeah me too i'm gonna go ride on the streets huh. in yeah. chicago in chicago just to be clear actually just a <laughs> segue from that i guess the movie is essentially about that in 1968. It's about the Chicago riots at the Democratic National Convention. And it's about, it's really what happens after that, which is the trial of seven, really eight people who are blamed by the government, the Nixon government specifically, to have incited the riots. And who, who they're trying to charge with inciting the riots after crossing state lines. And so that's really the, the main premise of the movie is the team of lawyers from the United States government trying to make an example of these eight people who aren't really that related. I mean, some of them are sort of related in that they, they kind of know each other, but ultimately they're trying to blame them on a level of a vast conspiracy in which they all planned this riot together. And that was their whole point 
was not activism against the Vietnam War, which they were actually there for, but to blame them for just arbitrarily trying to start and incite violence against the police. And I would argue that, especially based on the way this movie portrays both sides, and if you're, I guess, knowledgeable of history, the police back them into a corner. And so there's there's a problem on both sides theoretically in that regard, and that did they incite a riot in some way? Sure, maybe. But the idea is that the police back them into a corner, and it really is topical to today's protesting. They didn't give them a way to protest properly, or peacefully for that matter. Yeah. And that's really why this is caused in the first place. They didn't go there to incite a riot. They went there because they believe in what they believe in, which was to stop the Vietnam War because of the bloodshed. And they should have been given a proper spot to protest, which they just were not. And no, so- I agree. I feel like this movie came out at a, at a prime time as well. Again, it's very topical to what's going on today. In, in the many US ways. Again. For sure. Um, and yeah, man, it's... I mean, the protests right now aren't for any war. Yeah, it's just, I mean... I mean, I guess a war it, on racism. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's very topical. And then the, like, especially in 1968, but again, it's still consistently a problem today. Again, the systemic racism in the United States and that, that shot, which was a drawing in the United States at the time of specifically... Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen too, his character, Bobby Seale. That shot, which was actually a drawing, again, that was circulated around pretty much every newspaper in 1968, of him being gagged and bound in a federal courtroom is an extremely famous shot, and it was extremely shocking to me in the movie. A hundred percent, man. Uh, I don't want to get too much into what... what what that's about but that was again an historical moment and so that it's messed up the way that they showed that the way Orrin Sorkin shot that scene wow that was even the way that the riots were shown as well in terms of people getting beat up and everything like that they didn't show a lot of blood but they showed enough parts of the sheer brutality of the scenes that it really made you feel that violence and it's no 100% man it's watching this movie I felt out of any emotion I think I felt frustration the most just oh, kind of wrapping my head around the idea that this shit happened and the judge in the in the movie is such a deplorable human being like it's he's so well, he's incompetent yeah in every aspect and he's, he's incompetent so right from obvious. the get-go like, yeah. you see it immediately yeah like it starts off and like played by frank langella by the way who's an incredible actor oh dude he's, he's he's amazing but yeah like right off the bat you know like oh fuck like i i didn't know anything about the trial of chicago seven like that's just one of those like areas that i honestly never heard of i'm not too into american history or any anything like that it's it's a blind spot for me and i learned a lot about it and yeah, this movie does an amazing job just really, I guess, educating people about what happened. And it was shot so incredibly well, like you said. Just these, like, how the story is told. It's not linear. It and is it's, not. It's, and so it's so well told non-linearly. There's no confusion at all. So, like, you can talk about, of course, Tenet. Yeah. Not to relate them at all. They're such different movies. They're very different movies. The, the way that that movie is shot and the way it's portrayed is so, like, confusing. This movie could have easily been confusing, but this guy is so well. He's so good at writing, Aaron Sorkin, that I, I just feel like I, di- I wasn't confused at all. There's not a confusing moment, really, for me at all. Like, you can, you can grasp the plot in every capacity in the non-linear way that he tells the story no i agree completely man this movie to me is a 10 out of 10 oh 100 percent. yeah like it's it's a genuine masterpiece and it might be my favorite movie of the year to be honest with you i was you. gonna say the same as much as i love tenet and as much as i love like the invisible man this movie is i think on it not, not necessarily on another level because tenet's on another level uh, on another plane of existence quite literally in some ways sure but yeah this movie just it's i think accessible in a way tenet is not yeah. You know, Again, the top, really, how topical it is too is just unbelievable. Like it's I agree. Just, I feel like 
it's it's about the broken system of the United States and how that is portrayed is so topical on, on its own. Yeah. Like the way the court is trying to railroad these people into this prison sentence to, again, make an example of them is just so evident. And I just feel like that kind of abuse of power is something that crops up, I mean, every All few the time. years potentially, but especially right now in the way that the election is being handled potentially and, and things like that in the United States. And I, I just feel like, again, it's it was frustrating. I agree with you. I was so frustrated. It stressed me out at times. It made me angry. I was There's very angry. So many moments that, again, the Bobby Seal moment, I cannot stress enough how well that's portrayed and, and, and mad that made me. It's unacceptable. Like, uh, I watched this with my girlfriend and I, I didn't even see that coming. Me neither. I, I like when he gets pulled back into the courtroom, gagged. It's shocking. It's messed up because again, America is one of the you know like it's the country that prides themselves in free speech, and it's like this example of free speech being cut off in an American courtroom. And again, like but he was trying to get basically he wasn't being represented by the same lawyer. No, that the yeah, rest of these, being the seven specifically yeah. are are represented by. He's the eighth in, in that Chicago eight, I guess. Yeah, and he was trying to basically represent himself because his lawyer had to get like gallbladder surgery or something like that. And so then he's like, "Can I represent myself?" And the, and the judge just didn't allow him to represent himself, for, even though he is he was denied essentially his right to have a lawyer. Yeah, present his civil rights during the court. Yeah, case. it's messed up, man. And the, and yeah, the yeah the judge continuously saying like no you have a lawyer right there that's your lawyer that's your lawyer and the lawyer keeps Being saying like, no, no i'm not and it's yeah dude it's so messed up who's also amazing by the way that's mark rylance yeah who won uh, an oscar for bridge of spies the movie with tom hanks directed by steven spielberg i don't believe i've ever watched it you definitely have seen a movie he is in which is ready player one which uh, is uh, not a good really movie. didn't like him in that i i think you criticized him pretty hard mark rylance for that movie but i criticize the character not the actor that's fair yeah he plays william conster who's the who's a lawyer and he's just the amount of empathy that mark rylance brings to his roles in general is what is so uh, endearing about him he's just i just feel like that he could also win an oscar for this role as well because Dude, definitely he's amazing he he's just he said he's he seems like such a good guy as well he's just trying to again fight the stupid injustices of this court because it's garbage he's basically He's not only fighting the the prosecutors, but he's also fighting the judge, which makes no sense. I know. Again, it, it just builds on that frustration where you're just like, I don't know like how accurate the story told is, but as far as I'm aware, like it it must be fairly. It legitimate. seems like it is. I looked up a couple articles, yeah. and it seems like people are applauding it for for being fairly accurate. He did change some of the t- timelines to make it fit within his to make it more narrative. dramatic and everything. He's like not that, yeah. like he wasn't doing a documentary. Yeah, it's, it's still clearly a movie set out to be some sort of, sort of entertainment but it, i think he did it justice to the for the most part from what i've read about the events of uh, the trial of the chicago seven so that's really good to hear yeah like the just to talk a little bit more about the sheer number of rock star actors who were a part of this cast which is alone a reason to watch this movie dude like you got joseph gordon levitt joe gorlev playing richard schultz who's the prosecutor and i obviously already mentioned mark rylance and frank langello who's playing the judge uh and we've got michael keaton who's by the the way not on screen for very long theoretically i feel like he could win best supporting actor 100 percent. even though he's not on screen for more than did you know he was in this movie i did because i saw him in the trailer Um, i think but it was i I forgot he was in it though and so when he came on screen he's basically playing the uh ex attorney at law uh general attorney (laughs) attorney general attorney yeah whatever who's uh sit right away to compare it if you if you're familiar with any u.s politics right now it's that's the position that 
Bill Barr is sitting in right now. Mm -hmm. That's the position he was sitting in essentially with Lyndon Johnson as president. Michael Keaton's Ramsey Clark was sitting in that position in 1967. And then when Nixon wins the presidency, he's kicked to the curb naturally. And so his scenes, there's not very many of them. There are not very many of these scenes, but the defense basically goes to him to see if he'll testify. And it's just amazing. He's just incredible in it as well. Yeah, I just feel like, I don't know if he'll win Supporting Actor, but it seems like he could get nominated theoretically. I agree completely. Yeah, wow. The resurgence of Michael Michael Keaton in general has been amazing over the last few years, which is awesome as well. We also got Eddie Redmayne, of course, who's a huge part of the story. For sure, he plays Tom Hayden. And of course, we talked about him earlier, Sasha Baron Cohen, who is amazing and one of the biggest chameleons ever. Dude, I know. He is unrecognizable. Like, it's, I don't, I can't think of another movie that I saw him in like a dramatic role. I'm sure I, I, I have seen him in something. But He's in the Lee Miserable. I don't know. I if never watched, watched Lee Miserable. He's in a few movies for sure. But yeah, like I only know him as like a comedic actor, and yeah, it's just it's shocking to see how exactly how you said how much of a chameleon is. Like I know it's Sasha Baron Cohen because I know it's Sasha Baron Cohen, but I did I stopped thinking that it was Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, for sure. It, every every actor in this movie, I think I did not. I was so immersed in what was going on, I forgot that I was watching like actors play this out again. And I think uh, I think that's why it played with my emotions so much and made me so angry and frustrated. Uh, at it. Honestly, it, I watched it this morning. So I literally oh, okay. watched it this morning before work. Did it upset you for your day? Dude, I'm not joking. I was in a bad mood all day at work because I was, oh. like, like, I was just like, fuck. Like, I, it, I was angry. You may be happy because something like this was made, though. Because this no, movie I agree. so well made that I think that that part i see what you mean though yeah, yeah so frustrating. i was just like, upset. So frustrating. and I, yeah i got into work and i feel like it was up like obvious that i wasn't all there today like i wasn't my super positive energetic like finger gun self i kind of went into work and i said my highs and everything like that but you should have been like when you were somber you should have been walking up to people and you should have said have you seen the trial of the chicago seven go watch it and just yeah. walk away that's what you should have I'm done. sure I was the only one at my store that watched it because everyone else seemed like they were in a good mood. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe. Sasha Baron Cohen's basically friend and pal of the whole movie is Jeremy Strong's character. So Abby Hoffman is hanging out essentially with Jerry Rubin. Those two guys part of the Chicago 7. And again, Jeremy Strong just literally just won an Emmy yeah. for his role in Succession. He's so Unrecognizable good. again. Dude, I know. He, he's uh, he's pretty funny too. He's like this nice comedic relief throughout the movie So is Sacha well. Baron Cohen though. I, yeah. the, the two of them in general are hilarious. And they play off each other really well. Oh, I almost amazing. want to see them together more in, in yeah, more Yeah, me too, kind of. Because their yeah. chemistry was so on point throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, same with like Eddie Redmayne and Sacha Baron Cohen once again. Any scene that they're sharing and they're having a conversation between one another. Yeah, man. I was enthralled. I was like, oh, what, what's happening? There's so many characters and they did them all like as you yeah. said you you mentioned before character development and, and that obviously these characters exist but the, the amount of screen time that they've given to these characters and the way you are able to get to know them in such a short time it's pretty amazing it is and then again i already mentioned him but yaya abdul mateen too who also just won an emmy for his role in Watchmen, and he of course plays bobby seal amazing as well just incredible just amazing. Again, another unrecognizable He's person. Eighth, or the, yeah. the eighth person on trial. I almost forgot that he was... I was watching him, and I finished the movie. And I was like, man, that guy looks so incredibly familiar. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, he's in Watchmen. I Unbelievably unrecognizable. Dude, like literally, I didn't recognize him until after. Like, I finished the entire movie. He's playing like, such a huh. drastically different character, though, in every 100%. way. 100%. Yeah, but, what an amazing actor that guy is. Jesus Christ. I feel like I haven't seen him in anything since, like other than Watchmen in this. He's being casted in a lot more things now. Yeah? That win is going to help. Well-deserved. Well. Good for that guy, man. Hell yeah. 
Yeah. Dude, uh, I can't recommend this movie. for sure. Definitely enough. worth the I watch. Just, I just left it. I can't recommend this movie. I can't recommend this movie enough. <laughs> I should have said. But yeah, man, thought-provoking. Awesome. Two hours. Two hours and ten minutes, I think. So not a huge commitment. And I would make the argument the best movie of the year. Well, at least so far. We haven't seen them all, but it could win Have we? Best Picture. I feel I don't think are we getting anything else this year? Well, there's Nomadland, right? That that could win. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you're. I remember you mentioning that the movie starring uh, Francis McDormand that won the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival. So it's possible that one's going to be a big one. So we should watch that for sure. And when is that coming out? Technically, it came out already. I, I'm just questioning when it's going to come out, like wide release where well, we can watch it. Like we could have seen it. I think we could have gone to like to Waterloo. Like near our Princess we, Twin. Of course, we live in Canada and Ontario, so we could have gone in Waterloo, Ontario, to watch it. But I, I, I think it would have been there. But the cases have gotten so bad with COVID that I just haven't even thought to go to an auditorium to watch a movie. Yeah, man, it's unfortunate. But I, I'm hoping they put it on streaming. I'm not seeing that here. If you know anything about this, please write into us. We again take emails all the time to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com or write into us on Twitter. We're both on Twitter, and we also have a Twitter page for Split Focus Podcast. So please write into us. Should we jump to the news? Yes. Excellent. The news then. Number one, as reported by American News Network, CNBC, Disney has announced a company reorganization that is designed to focus primarily on streaming service Disney+. With the coronavirus pandemic currently showing no signs of slowing, this move certainly presents a possible growth model for Disney. Considering the closures of Disney parks across many markets and the current inability to showcase new films in theaters to large audiences. Since the start of the pandemic, most of Disney's blockbuster movies have either had their release dates pushed back or have been set to launch on Disney+. Notably, Marvel's Black Widow movie starring Scarlett Johansson had its release pushed back a full year to May 7th, 2021, while Pixar's Soul is now set for a release on December 25th, 2020 on Disney+. Disney CEO Bob Chappick says that this direct-to-consumer focus for the company had already been set in motion and was merely accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Previous head of consumer products, games, and publishing, Kareem Daniel, has officially been promoted to oversee Disney's content distribution channel with a specific focus on Disney+. Unfortunately, as a direct result of this restructuring, there are further layoffs planned in the company's near future. Adrian, what are your thoughts? on this restructure this kind of sucks obviously it sucks for the people that are going to be laid off it's a pretty shitty situation in general a lot of people losing their jobs already and uh to add more to it 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 sucks on another note maybe called it too early that we won when they pushed uh, black widow back as in not doing these premium releases because this almost makes it seem like maybe they are going to go that route they might in the future which might happen there was actually some of the investors were calling for Black Widow to be placed on Disney Plus as opposed to waiting for May 7th or they might do May 7th on Disney Plus depending on how the pandemic plays out over the next six months. Yeah, we didn't win. No, it's worrisome. We, I thought we were joking, but I don't know if you were joking. We kind of won, but yeah. we didn't really do much. We, we just kind of voted with our wallets. I just don't want to be, I don't want to live in a world where I can't go to the movie theaters. That the theaters aren't a, like a like a like a regular thing that I can go to. Right. Last week we reported that Cineworld had to shut down a ton of theaters in the United States. Uh, they own Regal Cinemas, and so that was a big thing. It was like 500 plus screens, so or 500 plus theaters buildings themselves actually. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough go of it. Like obviously, again, I want theaters to stay open. Specifically, Disney Plus having Soul exclusively has caused a lot of theaters to be kind of upset because this was another big release that they're going to miss out on. And so this yeah. is a, this is for sure a problem and 
yeah, I, I hope that they can fix this, but I don't know, man. It's uh, it's quite a upsetting. I know not every company is doing this, but Disney is a juggernaut. Like they are, what, one of the biggest companies in the freaking world. So if they tend to go this streaming route, it it almost seals the fate of uh, the theater business in general. For I sure. Like, I don't know, man. As much as we don't talk outside this podcast, I still enjoy being around you, going to theaters and not sharing any words at all. Right, you know? of course. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we don't talk outside this podcast. No, of course not. It was still a, it was a, it was still a nice excuse to, uh, you know, meet up and feel your aura around me. For sure. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, Media gurus my question is <laughs> why do you say it like that which one media gurus why do you say it so weird it's good don't make fun of me my question is what do you each think the future of cinema holds will they temporarily close will they only run older movies will they die out like those kids simon beat up what the? yeah ken come on man True. Everyone knows it's true. It can't be profitable for them to run new releases with initially keeping only a small percentage of the box office and some studios like Disney having part of their contract requiring a minimum number of weeks that you must run a movie. It would get to the point where the profit would be in keeping the same movie on screen for a month or more. I believe after the first four weeks, the studio only keeps around 50% of the box office. Do you think theaters will switch to be exclusively online video-on-demand distributors, ending the larger-than-life experience? As an aside, as stage productions have been put on permanent hiatus, perhaps video-on-demand performances will be their future. Signed, Kenneth. And a quote here, Enjoy the show, Mr. Lincoln. We saved you a booth. Signed, Ken. <laughs> so it's actually Ken's quote, I, I'm assuming. That's funny. So yeah, more about the bleakness of our future. This is such a bummer. I don't want to talk about it. Let's just move <laughs> Let's on. Let's just move on. Thanks, uh, <laughs> Ken, but we're not going to talk about it. No, uh, but in, in reality, I don't know. It, it's interesting how he finishes it off uh, with the stage productions, perhaps going to VOD. In my opinion, I think that might be a good route to go because I feel like Hamilton on Disney Plus is probably the best way to watch Hamilton because you have you can see everything that the director wants you to see. I disagree with this. Good wholeheartedly for good for you wholeheartedly you the experience of being in a actual theater no i agree for a i'm sure it's amazing experience is amazing yeah no i don't get hamilton cost tickets for it costed an arm and a leg though and so this is way better for people who just wouldn't have been able to afford it yeah but at the same time like okay so let's go into it a little bit if you put this type of thing on video on demand services the question is who's going to watch the smaller place You've got so many of these fringe theaters making these theatrical productions. They're going to go bankrupt. All of these theater companies that are doing this type of thing, they're done. No, you're, so you're this, definitely right. This is worse than film, and the film can kind of all go video on demand. You can't do that with a lot of theatrical productions. There are some theatrical productions that are literally in a park. There's like theater in a park for multiple theater companies. That's theater something in they the park. just do. Or they'll do like a theatrical production on a lake where they'll have like floating lanterns as a part of their... Of their whole their whole scene or they can have things on a boat like a, a boat with actors kind of going by there have been professors that have had who have legitimately been a part of this type of production where there's very interesting and unique types of productions that require a space to have them be performed and to do them justice and to have the projection uh, on the wall and things like that with the hamilton on demand video on demand disney plus movie they kind of show you exactly what they want you to see and that makes it less of an experience that you can then experience 
firsthand. You're like a secondary source to whatever the director wants you to see. He'll do close-ups on an actor's face as an example. That's just not something that happens in a, in a theater. It's true. It's a different experience entirely. So I, uh, you know what, I'll let you have that one. I'll let you have that one, Simon. Let me let me retract my previous statement. You've convinced me. <laughs> okay. You've convinced Did me. Did I go on for too long? No. Okay. Just long enough. Long it's enough to me, convince me. This all me. makes me sad, to be honest. Dude, it makes me incredibly depressed. Yeah. I'm already dealing with COVID depression. Seasonal depression's coming up fast. And now I got, on top of regular depression, I got movie theater closing depression. It's just a bunch of depression. That's almost four depressions. In one, in one moment. <laughs> one moment I'm going to be dealing with. It's pretty... Pretty, uh, it's a pretty big downer. Yeah, that's for sure. The concept that Bob Chappick was claiming that Disney Plus is the future and that this was something that was going to happen anyway. Okay, sure, fine. Maybe one day. There was also a claim that they still see the value in the theater-going experience. Yeah. That's, that claim was still... That was in the NBC article, actually. The uh, CNBC article it specifically states this, that Disney still sees the value in the theater-going experience. Because it is valuable. But it's an escape. They're gonna go where the money leads them. Yeah. Again, at the end of the day, it's business. They're such a massive company that if they back out of every theater-going experience, starting with Black Widow, it could be the the end times for theater businesses, and that just sucks. I agree completely. Pandemic is going to clear up. It will one day. I do believe that it's 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 not super soon, but I think within the year, in 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 theory, if they can figure out the vaccines. It's optimistic, I wish. Like, I hope so. You don't believe so? I'm very pessimistic on this whole situation. Not within this year. Within a year term. Oh, not by December. Like what? by October yes. of next year. Definitely not by the end of this year. Oh, yeah. 2020 is doomed for COVID. Well, for just, instance, Wonder Woman yeah. is scheduled for December 25th. That's not That gonna ain't going to happen. That is mo- being moved. I got news for you. That movie ain't coming out. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, we could be wrong, but I doubt it. Dude, uh, honestly, I doubt it as well. I, I do doubt it. And uh, the idea of theaters closing down uh, makes me never want to have children. Because where am I going to take my kids on a night out? You can show them Dragon Prince. Yeah, I could. Disney Plus is pretty good for children as well. No. But I would definitely not pay $30. I'm sorry. No. If they char- if they start charging $30 for every one of their big blockbusters, I'm j- I might just cancel Disney Plus. I'll never purchase it. Oh, yeah. I realize that you're you're using my Disney Plus <laughs> I am indeed using your I Disney forgot Plus. about that until just now. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> All right. Let's move on, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, I'm done talking about this depressing bullshit. It's fair. If if you had the choice to beat up those kids again or to oh beat up God. Bob Chappick, which one would you choose? You have to choose one. I have to choose one. You have to choose one. Well, I'm not going to beat up kids. Again. I'm not going to answer that question. This is, a, this is a trap. So it's Bob Chappick. It would definitely not be the kids, though. Again. Stop with the kids again. Again. <laughs> There's also more than one kid in this scenario, so one person is better than multiple people ah i gotta pick the if you count kids as the full ethical people. road here if i must would you say if you count kids as full people oh my god they don't have any rights they can't vote they have rights do they they can't vote yeah they don't have voting rights yeah they don't have a, they, they don't <laughs> have they don't have some rights i guess i should have said it like that okay sure they can't own a credit card i don't blame bob chappick by the way i, I do think bob Iger would have done the same thing I in this case, agree. I just don't agree with the $30 Mulan thing. But yeah. ultimately, let's be honest, like he would have still pushed the envelope of Disney Plus because that's where the growth lies. You can't grow in this market. It's impossible. I just think that they've got to think about who made them initially. These theaters are important and you have to go back, circle back 
every few months and remember that you still got to try and support these theater businesses. The problem with putting Soul on Disney Plus exclusively is that it's exclusive. You didn't need to do it exclusively. You could have done both. That's possible. But they've, for some reason, chosen to do one over the other instead of doing them simultaneously. I don't know. That's the problem here, ultimately. And I, I hope they realize that they can single-handedly take down multiple theater chains themselves. But again, more of these companies are realizing we don't actually need the theater at all. We're just going to launch everything on streaming services. Almost every one of these big companies now has a streaming service. We got Peacock, greatest name for a streaming service ever, clearly. The hell were they thinking? We got, I don't know, HBO Max, of course, Disney Plus, Quibi, and Amazon Prime, Quibi, the, the best juggernaut. streaming service ever made. The juggernaut. Yeah, so there's like massive numbers of these streaming services. They're all doing their own streaming service at the moment. But anyways. Ah, I feel like we're both pretty defeated. Yeah, this is uh, unfortunate. And again, it seems like a lot of these theaters are going to close down. I'm just going to say that, unfortunately, I just don't think it's sustainable at this current juncture. Hopefully, we're wrong. Or hopefully, I'm wrong. I don't know if you feel differently, but it seems like some of these big chains are going to have to shut down. I hope not, but it's the case. Number two. As reported by publication Deadline, director George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road spin-off film is well into development. The spin-off is set to follow a younger version of the formidable character Furiosa who had previously been played by actress Charlize Theron. Split actress Anya Taylor-Joy has officially been cast as the younger version of Furiosa, while the Thor actor Chris Hemsworth and Watchmen actor Yaya Abdul-Mateen II have been cast in supporting roles for the film. Mad Max Fury Road was a technical masterpiece, having won six Academy Awards at the 2016 Oscar ceremony. Director George Miller has written the Furiosa spinoff film with Mad Max Fury Road co-writer Nico Lathuris. Miller had previously boasted to Deadline about Furiosa's rich backstory, and soon we will get to see it come to life on the big screen. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, we'll see about that. Are you excited for that? I was saying apparently to the big screen portion. Oh, shit. Thanks a lot. No worries. Well, we can be optimistic. I I think, honestly, so to go back just briefly to the idea of the theaters closing down. No, I don't want to talk about it. Just briefly. The Waterloo Cinema... And cinemas like that, these buildings are not going to just be vacant. There's going to be some of them that will crop up. No matter what, we're going to have a theater business. I just don't think it's going to be as robust and bumping as it was before. And that's kind of the, I guess, the problem with this whole situation. But I, I think that that will still exist. But there's also a question of when is this movie coming out? Like this movie takes, I feel like, a long time to shoot because George Miller, at least for Mad Max Fury Road, did a lot of practical effects in like a pretty bleak landscape, which is pretty crazy. If you think about what that movie actually had in terms of visual effects, how do they do that practically mostly is, is the question. It's because, beyond me. Because it's pretty wild. I love that movie. Mad Max Fury Road is Me too. my favorite movie I think of that year. Twenty sixteen? Yeah. Yeah. It was really amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's uh I think it's one of the best action movies, period, because it is nonstop action. Once it starts, it doesn't stop. Like they just don't they don't stop. Yeah. Quite I literally. love Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy in that movie though. That they were just so both good. amazing. Yeah. It's too bad they couldn't use Charlize Theron. Yeah, so did you hear about why? Well, they were doing a younger version. Yeah, well, on top of that, initially George Miller was going to cast Charlize Theron and use de-aging technology. Oh. However, after he watched The Irishman, he thought it wasn't good enough. So he decided to go the route of recasting her. Oh, I see. Which is unfortunate. That's too bad. Yeah. Because, yeah, he initially wanted Charlize Theron to come back. Yeah, The Irishman is kind of jarring a little bit. Yeah. I I didn't like the de-aging that much in it. it. It is good. I just find that it's just not... You can still tell. And I think just being able to still tell for a guy like George Miller, who we just talked about, loves practical effects, that makes sense. Yeah, it's the it's that uncanny valley sort of aspect of things where it just seems something's a little bit too off. Yeah. Like it's it, so close, 
but it's not. Yeah, that's not it. close enough. Well, it has to be perfect, though, right? Yeah, because like, as soon as you start to think weird... about it, then it's already broke the immersion. Yeah, broken the immersion. No, I agree. But like, Uncanny Valley is such a weird sort of premise that like there's something that looks just like a human, but something is it's so close. But there's there's these little things that are just off that triggers something in our brains that make us feel uncomfortable. Right. Like what what is it? Why why do we think that? Why is it just for like humans that it feels almost odd? I don't know. Was it aliens before trying to be humans and we've just genetically over over the course of years and years in evolution eventually started realizing that the reason why we find uncanny valley uncanny is because of aliens did i just make that up what maybe it literally doesn't look like real life that we're familiar with every day of our lives yeah aliens i agree alien um all right but yeah uh no i'm quite excited for this uh it's interesting i really like furiosa as a character i think she's incredibly interesting however i don't know if she was my favorite part about that movie i i don't know if i want to go back in time and uh see a prequel i I think they have great ideas as to who she is and i think that based on how great mad max Fury road is i think that they can do something cool with it but in a way i agree with you just because there's a lot of mystery surrounding the characters in that and I just don't know if you really need to give us backstory. Yeah, I, I like that's not the being thing thrown into the slice of that world. Hundred percent. Like when I finished that movie, I the, I never even thought for a second. I was like, huh? I wonder what Furiosa did back in the day. Like never once yeah, did that it didn't cross my mind either. Um, yeah, so for sure. it's an odd choice. However, I'm I'm very confident in what George Miller can create, and I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Like I I I don't think this movie. This Furiosa spinoff movie is going to be anything less than good. Oh, for sure. Uh, so I'm sure like it's going to be a good time, and I'm excited to watch it. I'm curious how they're going to do it. I think Anya Taylor-Joy, she really has blown up over the past few years. Yeah, since uh, her uh, starring in Split. Yeah, definitely. Like that's I, th- I think that's the first time I ever saw her, and then she was yep. in a bunch of random little like indie movies. And you and know, in the, in, Glass. In the hit movie New Mutants. Right, of course. Yeah. New Mutants. Kind of want to see that movie just to see. Me too. It's coming to streaming next month, I think. Oh, Disney Plus? I don't know. Okay. If it's on Hulu, I guess we're not going to watch it. Yeah. I still think we don't have access to Palm Springs. Or The Rental. The Andy uh, Samberg. You can't even rent The Rental still. The Rental. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. Oh, the irony. Canada, just forsaken. Why have you forsaken me? Number three. The System of a Down reference. You ever listen to System of a Down? Sometimes. Not, not specifically. You know, in passing. Number three. As website Variety has reported... Showtime has ordered a 10-episode limited series return for the wicked popular Emmy-nominated TV series Dexter. The revival will be showrun by original Dexter showrunner Clyde Phillips and will see actor Michael C. Hall reprise his role as serial killer Dexter Morgan. The original series followed Miami Police Department blood spatter expert Dexter Morgan, who dabbled in forensic science by day and secretly hunted and murdered other serial killers by night. So far, the basis of the new storyline has been kept relatively a secret. But Showtime co-president Gary Levine has this to say about the revival. Quote, Dexter is such a special series, both for its millions of fans and for Showtime, as this breakthrough show helped put our network on the map many years ago. We would only revisit this unique character if we could find a creative take that was truly worthy of the brilliant original series. Well, I am happy to report that Clyde Phillips and Michael C. Hall have found it, and we can't wait to shoot it and show it to the world. Unquote. 
Adrian, you watched Dexter, eh? I did. Did you watch Dexter? I did not. So Dexter is, at least in the beginning, a really great show. The first four seasons are genuinely spectacular. However, there's a significant drop in quality, I found, once you get into season five. And then, you know, there, there's a, I think, probably a good season, uh, or like a great season between then and the ending. The ending of that show is quite literally the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It is arguably the worst season fin- series finale ever created. It is so bad. So bad. It was one of those things There's that, a lot of series finales that I'm not a fan of. Dude, not you sure don't you, understand. You don't understand how bad that ending of the show is. It is atrocious. It's like the dumbest, most awful, un, unrealistic, un, unimaginable. It, it just, it's, it's so bad, that ending. It's... It's one one of the things I thought about when everyone was freaking out about the Game of Thrones ending. Me like, this is awful, blah, 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 blah. Like, at least it wasn't Dexter. And I was like, you guys obviously haven't seen the Dexter series finale because you are so, so spoiled. Plus it wasn't that bad, though, the Game of Thrones yeah, I know, I agree. series I know. finale. Everyone was like hyperbol- so hyperbolic Because they it. wanted what they wanted, though. It's it's the same problem. The reason why people really didn't like the Game of Thrones series finale. Series finale today, Junior, is because of the same reason that fans hated The Last Jedi. Yeah, we always bring this up. But yeah, no, I agree Because it's true. They want the fan fiction. The thing that they wanted is exactly what they wanted to pan out. I, I don't think it was perfect. There was problems with the series finale yeah. for Game of Thrones. But I, by, by no means, was anywhere inclined to even sign or get near a change.org petition. Yeah, no, I agree completely. At all. I was like, what, what's your problem? Let's However, relax. if I knew it's about okay. change.org, I would have signed it 8 billion times for the Dexter season series finale. It's not good. And like they they leave it open at the end of the, the, the series. Like, well, there you go. So That's like, why I guess they're doing this limited series. I, didn't re- I was going to ask you that. Did they leave it open? They did. And in the dumbest fucking way possible, which doesn't make any sense. Great. So... I don't know. Could be bad. Here, I'm just going to give you some Rotten Tomatoes scores because okay. I thought it would be relevant. So we got season one and season two. Season one's at 82%. Season two's at 96 So there's an obvious improvement there. Season three, then it went to 72% in Rotten Tomatoes, 88% season four. Season five, you said first four seasons were great. Yeah. You didn't mention season five. Season five is also an 88% certified what? fresh. Season six is where there's a sharp decline, 40%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not good. Season 7, 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. That one Tomatoes. was actually a good one. And then back down I think. to 77% on Rotten Tomatoes for Season 8. Season 8 is... Just joking. Just joking. 33%. Yeah, okay. I was going to be like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you were going to have more of a... Because Season 8 is by reaction. far... Like, what are you talking about? It was season 8 is by far the worst. But you didn't. It's, it's kind of shocking. Because in my opinion, Season 4 is the best. Season four, it's so so great. I'm kind of shocked that season five's rated the People same. People like it. People like it. Um, reviewers do anyway. Because I remember watching it, and again, like it, it, season five, just it's not good in my opinion. Like okay. it, I remember it, so I guess that's good. I have no, I have no, like I have no idea what season six was about. To be honest with you, season seven, I I, I think it's about like some religious fanatic thing i th- I remember liking season seven possibly you didn't yeah. like it or you did i did there was oh, okay. one season after season four i remember enjoying and i think it was season seven it's with like some religious fanatic sort of thing and it's pretty cool what they do with that cool all right and then yeah season eight it's just, oh my god it's so bad like it's laughably bad yeah so the weird thing about dexter is that i kind of potentially had an inclination to start that series but because of season eight 
or at least the way it ends. If the show doesn't end amazingly, I'll watch it. But if it's so bad, the people are literally raving about it being one of the worst finales, the worst way to end a show ever. I, I don't have an inclination to watch it. And so I never got into it. I kind of want to wait for this limited series to come out. And see first. how this does. If it's good, then this can fix the ending. Or fix some, maybe. I don't know if you really can do that. I don't, I've don't. i never watched this show. So I mean, I'm not like, sure maybe. how bad this, these choices were. They're uh, in bad. Season eight, but it's, I wish I could go through them and just let you know the most ridiculous, stupid choices they decide to go with. Because they're just dumb and nonsensical. And again, there's like quite literally something that is just, it doesn't make sense. You think if you, again, I I don't want to say anything because it, 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 I'm going to say this. You think you could survive driving straight into a hurricane? Probably not. Yeah, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I mean, it's possible. Depends on the hurricane. It's going straight through it. Well, it depends on the hurricane though. It's Hurricane Katrina. Well, that one was particularly bad. More like Hurricane Tortilla. It's a Vine reference. I'm not making fun of the... Plenty of people that died. It's awful. Hurricane Katrina was a bad thing. Just wanna, just wanna make sure. I right. wonder if the joke is worth it when you, you know, you spend one second saying the joke and then have to explain eh. yourself away. For yeah, 15th. I guess. But I'm not sure. Whatever. I guess we'll let the audience decide. But yeah, I'm not excited for. Or I'm curious what they're gonna do. You I'm are curious. excited. You're gonna no, watch it. No, no, take that back. Take it back right now. You're not gonna watch it. No, I'm going to watch it. I'm curious. Oh, curious, curious is different than excited, Simon. But you're going to watch it, though. Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe. Interesting. An interesting revival. I don't uh, know how you, you're you supposed to save an ending that bad, though. Like, it, again, it doesn't take away from it. How do you even end it that badly, though? I've always wondered. I've been puzzled by certain endings. I just don't even... Even, okay, I know you like the Lost finale. There's just... There's a better way forward. I just don't think that that was perfect. They could have done something better. And I think, honestly, Damon Lindelof knows this because he kind of said that The Leftovers is his kind of his do-over. And that ending is phenomenal. I know. I agree. So I think that he knew that he kind of didn't make the best ending with Lost. He kind of, he, he made a large sprawling show. He was making a network show. And I think he kind of painted himself a little bit into a Well, there's that corner. interview and when he talks about Lost and how he specifically made a three-season plan and the network kept on pushing him to make it longer and make right, it longer. Right, of course. And that already and causes kept a problem on, on its yeah, own. Yeah, and he kept on making deals with them to just make it three seasons, which they agreed to do and then backed out of it. And like, it's a, it's a fairly interesting story. I think it's like a 20-minute interview. Um, that you can just listen to. And right, so that on its it own should say why, again, the ending wasn't necessarily as good. Yeah, as it, it could have been. definitely been. I still like Lost, though. I don't dislike it. I just think yeah. that, like, that show's worth watching, even though the ending's not amazing. It's still worth watching the show in general because the ending's not awful. There are certain shows that are, the ending is so bad that I, I just don't like specifically question whether somebody should start the show because endings are important. Point, in fact, and I mentioned this previously on our show, The Mentalist. There's a moment in The Mentalist that really should have been the ending, but it wasn't the ending, and then they continued it. But it's ultimately the ending of the overarching plot line that runs for multiple seasons. And that moment is so bad. Another show that just ends really badly in my eyes, and they just did some weird choices. I just don't understand why they did this. Battlestar Galactica. Amazing show, by the way. Great serial show. Great sci-fi TV series. Awful ending. Just doesn't make any sense. You watch the ending and you're like, why did I watch this show? When you whenever you, When you watch a show and you ask the question, why did I watch this TV series at the end, which it sounds like you did with Dexter. 100%. Because you, you can't have no choice. You're like, this is just not satisfying anymore. How can I like this when this way, it ended this way? There's simply no payoff. Yeah. Even Star Wars, actually, to be honest, no offense, 
Dude, 100%. Rise of Skywalker is just such a fan fiction novel. I just can't. What are you trying? You're trying so hard to appease these angry people. Yeah. These angry, angry, arguably toxic fans. Like, why did you do this? There's no point. Like, make something that is actually a piece of art. Like, you can make a pretty good movie and make something that's a sci-fi thing that people will love. I mean, Last Jedi might have gone too far. You can kind of write it a little bit, but don't retcon everything. Don't say this is no longer canon for half the plot. So It's unfortunate that that, that movie exists. Which one? Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's not get into that. We, yeah. we can talk about... I feel like we can talk about the problems of that for movie years. for literally... We're going to talk about it every episode, yeah. <laughs> probably for the foreseeable future. But anyway, I I really am inclined to try and watch Dexter. Though. Again, the first four seasons are fantastic. Can, I can't get wrap my head around a bad it's ending. so good. I really like the first four seasons quite a bit. And then again, yeah. season five, like I, I remember like it was fine, but I, I, I know I didn't love it, at least in comparison to season four, which in my opinion is the best again. And then, yeah, but I, I do season hear, six being pretty shit. But I do hear good about it specifically is how great Michael C. Hall is. He's fantastic. And he, I feel like that was the show that kind of started that uh, narration where like the, the entire show takes place and you hear him like all his thoughts as it progresses. Great idea. Yeah, And I feel like that really started that sort of trend. Um, at least that when I started becoming aware that it was There's not that many shows that do that. Yeah, I can't really think of any other ones off the top of my head, uh, to be honest with you. But you just said it started a trend. Yeah, I know, but I can't. I know there There's, are. Oh, there is like you, that. but that's also about a crazy person. Yeah, interesting. Or a person who kills Apparently people. Apparently, you is like really good. I really like it, yeah. Oh, did you watch it all? Yeah, yeah. The first two seasons. I gotta watch it. It's pretty great. My girlfriend spoiled the ending of oh, the first why? season for me. What the heck? She's like, it's so bad. This is what happens. I'm I like, don't oh. think it's bad. It's good. I don't uh, know. She, I mean, she could be right. She just said it was like very cringy. Cringy yeah, writing. I didn't find it cringy. But I don't know. I, I might watch it one day. Who knows? Also, the trailer for season two spoils the ending of season one as well, which auto-played for me once on Netflix. And I was like, ah, okay. So what might I, I hate when they do that. Uh, so did you know that you can shut off the autoplay feature on Netflix? Autoplay. Like when, when like it doesn't automatically play trailers and everything when you're going through the selections. Did you know that? Um, well, I have it off for autoplay for the next episode. I oh. didn't, uh, I never switched it off for trailers though. The tra- trailer one will still, no, I think it's off for me. Sorry. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I think it is off. Just want to make sure. I hate that. Yeah, me too. In fact, I don't like when they make, by the way, this is a gripe with Netflix and any streaming service. I like watching the, the credits. Your, your producers, your people, your actors, writers, your gaffers, they're all working hard on this. Specifically to make this show, this movie, amazing. Like even, for instance, the best example of this, we just watched Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. It makes it a little, puts it in a little box so I can't even read any of the names. And I just end up turning it back on because I want to hear the, the in, in many ways, the overture. I want to hear the, the ending score. I want to I want to read some of the names of the people who made this movie. Sometimes it's interesting to me. And the streaming services, that's another weird thing. Is like It just doesn't honor the producers, the creators of the, this content very much. It's kind of annoying. No, I definitely agree with you, man. And there are shows like that... on to the next thing, kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, definitely. But there are shows. What did I watch recently? Rick and Morty as a prime example. So Rick and Morty, they have a little gag at the end of the credits every single episode. Right. And when I was streaming it on Amazon Prime, I, I watched season four on Amazon Prime because I like uh, did the trial for like Stack TV or whatever the fuck, and I was watching it. And the episode finished, the credits start, and it immediately starts the autoplay for the next episode. So literally, I had to stop it from doing the autoplay so if annoying. I got there within the fucking three seconds that it took. Just turn off autoplay. Can I, you do that for Amazon, actually? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I've turned it off for as many of them as I found the setting, uh, but some of them are just forgotten. There's so many streaming services. Amazon Prime Video is a flawed stream. Like, it's great. There's some good content on there, but there's 
it's weird, like the how it does subtitles randomly. So again, as an example, I'm watching Fear the Walking Dead, and sometimes just out of nowhere, it'll it turns like, on sh- subtitles. No, it'll show like a sign that's written in English, and then it'll show German subtitles just out of the blue. I'm like, what the fuck? And I check the subtitles; they're oh, off. it's like a glitch. Yeah, and that I could remember- have been your TV app, though, right? Possibly, but you know what? The no, th- no, actually, no. It's not because when I watch season, uh, like the first uh, three seasons of the show, right. there's a lot of Spanish dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And if you had the English closed captions on, it would just say Spanish, like Spanish speaking, and not actually write it, like translate it. Oh. So what I did was I literally switched the subtitles to Hungarian so I could read it in Hungarian and understand what they were saying in Spanish. I literally did that. And like I'm not I'm not a I'm not great at reading in Hungarian. I'm definitely a lot slower reading Hungarian than English. Sorry, why would that have been? I have no Th- idea. That could have been the poster whoever created that content though that might have just not been properly uploaded, but it's pretty unprofessional. It was for all 3 seasons. When I was watching the first 3 seasons of that show. Of Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Like two That's years crazy. Ago. Yeah, man. You know what's actually interesting too? I just remember this watching on Amazon Prime and watch Train to Busan. Yeah. And the subtitles never came out at all. At so all? I was watching it in the beginning. I'm like, am I supposed to know what they're saying? Like, maybe they don't want to show me the subtitles on purpose. That's what I literally thought. This is a South Korean movie, though. They're speaking in Korean. Yeah. So I'm like, no, there's a problem. Like, we're supposed to know what they're saying for sure. And so I, we watched the first, like, minute. Because they did, did a titling. They did actual titling on a black screen with white writing. Yeah. And it was no English translation. It said train to Busan, but it didn't say it. So it was just in Korean writing. I was like, what? No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to know what this is. And then they started talking. I'm like, we're definitely supposed to hear what they're saying. And so then we switched it to the subtitles on. So it must be an Amazon Prime thing. I watch it on Apple TV, like the box. Yeah, the app. Oh, the no, actual it, box. Like oh, the, I understand. the box connected to my TV. Like you watching on an Android TV on like a Sony mm-hmm. connected. I'm, just, I'm assuming just with a smart app. Yeah, yeah, it just built right in. Yeah, I wonder if you switch it to the PlayStation app, if it would just no, change the experience at all. It doesn't because it it had the same problem whenever I was watching it on mobile. On the phone as well, yeah. right. Okay. Because yeah, I watched that, quite a bit on my phone. That is super weird. Yeah. We got super sidetracked from talking about Dexter here. I know. But yeah, that is a pet peeve I have with streaming services. Like, give your creator some credit and Amazon Prime fix your shit. Uh, but other than that, yeah. I, We're also I'm, on Amazon podcast services, by the way. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, we're on Amazon. <laughs> if you subscribe to Amazon Prime, we're on Amazon. Thank you, Amazon, for hosting us. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, fix your goddamn streaming service. Yeah, fix it. Yeah, come on. You guys are so subtitles. fucking rich. I guess not the people that work for you, just Jeff Bezos. Well, some of the people, I'm sure. Yeah. Number four. As reported by Variety, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman actress Gal Godot have reteamed up for a Cleopatra-centered historical drama from Paramount Pictures. <gasps> Famously... Actress Elizabeth Taylor played the part of Cleopatra in the 1963 film that almost bankrupted studio 20th Century Fox due to its enormous budget. The announcement that Gal Gadot would be playing Cleopatra has apparently stirred up quite a bit of controversy online based upon a belief held by some that Cleopatra should be played by an actress with darker complexion. The term whitewashing has been thrown around by many a publication, despite there being historical evidence that the Macedonian Cleopatra might have actually had a skin complexion similar to that of Israeli actress Gal Gadot. Adrian, thoughts? What? That's what? How is this a f- f- story? Who is complaining about this? Whitewashing? Gal Gadot isn't even white. Am I right about that? Like, isn't well, she Middle Eastern technically? I think they're considering her like white or something like that. Just like but isn't she like technically like a like brown, like a brown woman? She's Israeli. Yeah. Am I? Or she's got like white con- complexion. 
I guess. Like it, like she's obviously darker skinned than you and I. Like we're white. We're right. white as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we're pretty white. <laughs> so like I don't know, she's dark. I don't know why I said it like that. So uh, <laughs> to start with this, I I'd like to say like it's awesome that Patty Jenkins is doing this movie and Patty yeah. Jenkins is becoming big. She's well, fantastic. bigger than she was before with like Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984 and this is awesome. And so actually when this announcement was made somewhere on social media, I can't remember which platform, Gal Gadot actually announced that Patty Jenkins and her were teaming up for this and they were talking about how they were going to bring this story arguably about empowering women in some way because Cleopatra is such a significant woman of history Mm -hmm. to the big screen or to the small screen. I don't know where things are going. Wherever it ends up. Right. But that was a big thing is the idea of empowering women and this is really exciting that patty jenkins is also directing this the amount the sheer number of or not sheer number but the number of women directors or famous household names for women directors there's not many of them i mean if i asked you name a famous director you're probably going to say someone like steven spielberg or martin scorsese or christopher nolan Christopher Nolan, right, and that's kind of unfortunate. Aaron it's because of the the nature of the industry in some capacity. There just hasn't been that many women directors that are significant, and it, it's really awesome that she's coming to the fore in this big way. And the interesting thing was that Gal Gadot was specifically mentioning how this is meant to empower women, and Cleopatra's such a again significant character of history. And instead of people focusing on that great message, they've decided to take this idea of whitewashing and run with it. The one article I read was actually on CNN. Of course. Which is, that's crazy though. CNN's the worst. They're not the worst. They're the second worst. They're bad though, because what are they doing? Don't even let that story run. That is the dumbest thing ever. I, I think it's pretty stupid because this doesn't make any sense anyway, because she was, Cleopatra is Greek. So yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> what? What? is this about i don't understand it doesn't make any sense i mean cnn's the same fucking news uh publication that posted about trump eating his steak with ketchup which to be fair is fucked up but (laughs) but you know like like they obviously don't have their priorities straight i don't i don't hate cnn but this was not a cnn i don't think it was on cnn like the tv newscast i'm thinking like i only saw an article as an article Ah. but i looked it up and i kept finding it over and over again people were like saying whitewashing 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 over and over again and they're saying that even though they i mean there's kind of people aren't completely sure in history whether cleopatra is it has white complexion or not they think that she could have dark complexion depending on who her father was uh blah 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 but they should have chosen a dark-skinned actress because that's that's the correct thing to do in this day and age and how is that the correct thing to do because minorities don't get enough rules i can't understand but she is a minority Gal Gadot is literally a minority. That is my confusion. She's got like white skin, though. That's ridiculous. What the fuck? No? Like, like, I just find this absolutely ridiculous. Again, like, I guess we're feeding this outrage machine ourselves. Are we? Because we're outraged against the outrage. Yeah, <laughs> against the outrage. You know what I mean, is that what's it, happening? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just it's find just, the re. This is exactly what I was just about to say. Like, so find say legitimate things to be upset about. Yeah, there are Why legitimate. Are you- there are big problems. Like, like, like systemic racism, as we've said on this show, is an actual problem, but this is not fighting the case. In fact, it will work counterproductively against the cause. It's it will. 100%. Because this has nothing to do. She's literally putting her own money into this. She's producing this movie, Gal Gadot is, with Patty Jenkins. The movie, like there is, again, the cause of, again, em- empowering women and women directors and having these great storytellers be women. That's that's a good message on its own. 
Do we? Do you need to pull this random controversy into it when it's not really relevant? When it is relevant, by the way, it is important, by the way, whitewashing does exist in it cinema. It does, yeah. And the best example of this, arguably for sure, is Prince of Persia starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Because that is bullshit. <laughs> I can't, I can't, it boggles my mind that that ever passed. That is unbelievable. And uh. <laughs> it's crazy that that happened was just, it's like, That's who reason. thought this was, was like a good idea? Past, like 15 years, isn't it? Like, That's what? not that long ago. Yeah, like, what the heck? Unbelievable. Who the French right? I feel like that? that single-handedly, by the way, ended the game series, maybe. That movie was awful, by the yeah. way. And I don't think they necessarily were never citing whitewashing it. necessarily at the time. But that game series hasn't come back, like, for some time. They are coming back with it. Now though. it is. They took, However, took a huge hiatus. I don't think there was a game, I could be wrong about this, after the movie came out. I, I'm not sure. I mean, there wasn't anything on current generation consoles. But yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal playing the Prince of Persia. Come on. <laughs> like you can't. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But there's been it. some that are honestly, so again, ridiculous. other ones that I just don't believe in either. Like Scarlett Johansson being cast in I know exactly Ghost what in the Shell. Yeah, because yeah. But that to me wasn't whitewashing. Though. No, it wasn't. She's because a robot. She's a robot who the, the person she was, the, the person who's inhabiting her shell yeah. was Asian. But she's a robot, though. And that movie is actually quite multicultural. Very much so. It's not just Asian people in that movie. It's one of those things with anything anime, because Ghost in the Shell is built upon an anime. Anime characters aren't necessarily Asian. And they're not, they're not, I don't think they're any race. Well, they're yeah, their they're, own. They're specifically designed for the viewer to inhabit their own exactly. personality. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. And it's kind of a, I, I guess, a good thing. But it seems like people watching this movie, they really wanted an Asian act, actress to play the Ghost in the Shell character that Scarlett Johansson played, which, again, it's a very multicultural movie. There's people of many minority races in that movie, and I think it was actually well done in that way. That movie's not very good. No, Because that's not. not the reason it's bad, though. Yeah. And so that was a huge outrage. People were flipping out because of that. But that's not even a thing. That's, she wasn't being cast in a role that was supposed to be an Asian actress. Again, you got to pick your battles is my my overall moral of the story here. If you're mad about something, do a little bit more research about it or understand why you're mad about it. Understand just basically why you're mad. So if someone asks you, you can explain it in a coherent way. Explaining that you're mad that Gal Gadot is playing Cleopatra because Cleopatra is should be black. Where did you get that evidence from? Did you look at history books? Did you talk to historians? Did you go on the internet and actually look it up? We're surrounded. They, did, they definitely went on the internet, but not to look it up. Right, just look at the other people outraged about it. One story led to another. It snowballed, and now everyone believes that this is racism. It's just this big circle jerk of people living in their own fucking heads. That like They have nothing better to do other than to complain about things that don't actually matter. And this doesn't matter. It's just weird, though, because, again, we have so many things that are problematic right now. I know, focus like on the real issues. There's arguably voter suppression in minority regions in the United States. Yeah, that's an issue. And we've got issues where literally, again, we've talked about this before. We don't want to get overly political, but people are being shot. Black people and minorities are being specifically targeted and shot by police way out of proportion compared to white people, as yeah. an example. So, again, that's an issue, you can argue. And there will be whitewashing, in, in potentially in cinema. I, I'd argue that it's not going to happen as much anymore. Because that's so at the forefront that I don't think that that will happen very often. It hasn't happened here, as an example. So I, I mean, if that does happen, if you if you cast Leonardo DiCaprio as you know 
Nelson Mandela. We're going to have a problem. Oh, my God. We have a problem. Dude, imagine. Imagine that. We have an issue, though. That's a problem. Holy shit. That, that's I would it. pay. I would pay so much money for that to be announced just to see what would happen. Scarlett Johansson says <laughs> Nelson Mandela, actually. Scarlett Johansson just plays every character in every movie from now on. Yeah. Anyways, so if you're going to get upset about whitewashing, just at least, at least, at the very least... Make sure that the actress is white, you know? I see. They were using the term, they are throwing around the term, as I mentioned before, like white. Or white, like something something like that. Anyways, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Imagine being like a minority with just like lighter skin. And people just disregard you for being a minority just because you got slightly lighter skin. If you're, like if you're an African American, but you got like lighter complexion. People are just like, ah, you're, 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 you're like white. Like it's, I find like that is even more fucked up than anything than, than, than Gal Gadot being cast as a, even if, even if let's say hypothetically speaking, Cleopatra was a black woman and Gal Gadot was being cast as that. I find it more offensive that you're calling this woman like white as opposed to just acknowledging her actual race. I see. You know what I mean? I just find that it's just, yeah, I don't know. I just find this uh, ridiculous and pretty dumb again pick your battles and make them count this is why like people tend to kind of turn to these like right-wing you know talkers like your, your ben shapiro's or your miley Yiannopoulos, because you just get annoyed with all these radical like weirdos that <laughs> complain about things that shouldn't be complained about and then you have you know your ben shapiro's and miley Yiannopoulos. miley Yiannopoulos is extreme yeah he's fucked up um, he's the but, other extreme though yeah no he, he's the other extreme but again like uh, you have these people just flipping over on other sides just because you get annoyed. And honestly, I've I've fallen into that trap where I just get so annoyed. But I, I've I've I found a happy medium where I just ignore both sides. You just gotta ignore the stre- extremes as yeah. much as possible in general. It's the horseshoe thing. You just you you ignore the horseshoe ends. Yes. And you stay in the center and pick your choices based on specific things. Don't pick a side and stick with it. Listen to each individual issue and decide from there. That is my recommendation to any listener. My recommendation is also to do your research. Yeah, I, I, I would say like, I mean. the internet yeah. is a vast place, and I I really can't stress enough. There's a lot of misinformation floating around the internet, and it's just there's so much of it. You just gotta weed out your sources and check, double check, go to two sources if you must to make sure that what you're talking about, what you're looking at, and what you're gonna potentially talk to other people about is accurate. Yeah, like we're living in an information age. You're not, you don't have to go to the library down the street and look up a book to find out whether Cleopatra was Greek or not. We it's know a, that it's she a Google was part search of the, that takes like five seconds. Uh, she was part of the Ptolemy Empire, and so again, it's just those are facts. So what what her skin color exactly was, we don't have that exact knowledge because it was obviously years ago. But I mean, we At have at least a, seven years. An ago. okay idea, and so this is something that again, I wouldn't be freaking out about if i was gonna point out again something that's been flown around as misinformation just briefly here to talk about accuracy online and i don't know if this is going to come true or not and it's possible it does the spider-man casting for the spider-man 3 tom holland oh movie. yeah dude yeah 100 that was like people were going like oh my god it's finally confirmed and uh sony literally had to come out and be like no so the com- confirmation you're referring to here is andrew garfield and toby mcguire being in the next spider-man movie with tom holland so they were there was this claim that they're doing the Spider-Verse. And so this might happen because Doctor Strange actor Benedict Cumberbatch has just been cast. This might actually happen. They're bringing back Jamie Foxx from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Right, they in the back... now the Tom Holland universe. So Correct. It's a, it's a different universe, theoretically, because one was in Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and then now we've got... 
Jamie Foxx as Electro, same character. Exactly. We brought back J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson from the Tobey Maguire verse into this modern verse. And yeah, people just kept on rolling with it and being like, oh my God. I think the first website that reported on it, that, oh, exclusive report, was a website called hypebeast.com. And we have friends that literally posted. It's a confirmation. It literally says confirmed. Tom Holland will, will act alongside Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this new Spider-Man movie, which is just not confirmed. There's no legitimate source that's claiming this. Will it happen? Maybe it will happen. But we don't know this because no one's really confirmed this at all. Yeah. There's no confirmation. So many publications ran with this story. This is not a news story in our document here at all because... Other than the fact that we're fighting against misinformation as much as possible. The craziest it's part about that. not news because it literally didn't happen. Yeah, no, 100%. And the craziest part about that is that we got this covered, didn't even post about that. Right, which is the... And they are the, the worst, worst website for that. We got this covered, didn't even well, at least, confirm that. Uh, as far as we saw since the last time we checked. Oh, yeah, which was like, what, three, four, five days ago? Yeah. I mean, it could have been now. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they did because the the we com- probably would have seen it somewhere. Yeah, hundred percent. God, that website's so shit. Anyways, misinformation. Let's try and avoid it. We and pick your battles, please. Hundred percent. Yeah, we we're bouncing around like a ping pong ball. Yeah, let's ping pong over to number five. As reported by Variety, the Obi Wan Kenobi centered Disney Plus TV series starring actor Ewan McGregor is currently set to start filming in March of 2021. The series is being showrun by the Mandalorian director Deborah Chow and will feature a screenplay by Joby Harold. The series was initially announced in early 2019, but delays were caused by original screenwriter Hossein Amini having to leave the series and significant script reworkings being required. When discussing the reprisal of his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor reminisced on The Graham Norton Show about how much he enjoyed channeling original Obi-Wan Kenobi actor Sir Alec Guinness in the prequel trilogy saying, quote, It led me to watch some of his earlier work, which I had never seen before. Brilliant movies, wonderful films that he'd been in, and I had such a great time studying him in those movies, unquote. Thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Filming next year. Crazy. Uh, I remember uh, hearing about that whole Hossein Amini situation. Yeah, where he left. Yeah, where he left, and they were reworking the scripts. And initially, I remember, like, initially thinking about that, like, oh, no, that's bad news. But in reality, it's probably good news. Um, I am not so worried about it because of what happened with Rogue One. Exactly. Because that was apparently a mess. That movie probably would have been awful if it wasn't for Tony Gilroy coming in to do some reshoots and really rejig the script. So that's why actually I'm excited specifically for the Cassian Andor TV series because he's involved directly as a showrunner yeah. of that show. Because he did such a good job with Rogue One where Gareth Edwards, the initial director, and the director actually advertised as the director apparently. I don't know if he did a bad job necessarily, but it, according to Tony Gilroy anyway, that movie was in bad shape when he came in to uh, help direct yeah didn't he say something along the lines of like it's impossible to make it any worse <laughs> something, something along those it was lines. something bad like yeah. that the cool thing about tony gilroy as well is that he's not a star wars fan and so that was always interesting to me too is that he just saw it as a human story and he went from there and so that's why rogue one ended up being so good and so i think that if disney is doing this they probably have a good eye on the ball mm-hmm. and if they've I don't know why. I didn't actually read into why Hossein Amini, I can't remember what the reason was back in the day when he was actually let go or left the series as the writer. We can assume he was let go. It's creative. And, well, it's creative differences. Yeah. Maybe he may have chosen to leave himself. Maybe he didn't get it, think his vision was being honored. But then again, Disney has a pretty good track record lately, except for Rise of Skywalker. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, even Rise of Skywalker, they let go of Colin Trevorrow. Which could have been a great, great movie, though, man. Yeah. That would have been maybe interesting, right? Yeah. Colin Trevorrow is actually, I, I like his, like, I, I do like Jurassic World 1. Jurassic, yeah. Jurassic World, the first Jurassic World. Yeah, I love Jurassic World. With the Chris Pratt. Jurassic World. I actually enjoyed it. I think it is the better of the two movies. Mm-hmm. It's you, great. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I, stand I don't know what he would have done in something with. Well, with Star Wars. So actually, I was going to say something more original, but you are going off the source material with Star Wars. So I, I'm not sure. You heard about all like his like his script and everything that leaked because essentially the entirety of his Rise of Skywalker script leak. I didn't read into it. I, I heard oh. that there was rumblings about that what did you read about that so there's a so a youtuber i watch i've referenced him before mr sunday movies he actually has a like full breakdown where uh he hired an animator to like do a like animation of colin trevorrow's script and oh, he, no like, way. explains it all it's still a little weird there's some there's some definite odd choices in there but they didn't retcon the entire the last, last Jedi, Jedi movie which is kind of nice so, like, as an example, they kept Ray's parentage the same, which is oh. one of my favorite parts about The Last Jedi. Uh, oh, they kept it the same as in... Okay. The Last Jedi, yes. Yeah, as The Last Jedi. Yeah, they, they don't change the Rise... Uh, like, they don't do the retcon like in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, and, yeah, they, they do... There's a few weird choices, I will admit. It's not perfect, but it sounds like it would have been a better movie in every aspect. I think one of the biggest misses, uh, at least from... Keep in mind that we don't know what draft that is, too, right? That yeah. could have been an earlier draft. Yeah, they might have true. still edited it. We, that's a hard thing to know, too. Yeah. The, the one thing um, that sticks out to me, though, that that I found was like, ah, oh, that's too bad, is in, in his, I guess, whatever draft that was, in that script as well, the Knights of Ren were pretty much just killed off pretty early on, too. Played a fairly small part in his sort of story. I felt like they didn't belong in that movie. In Rise I, of Skywalker, I think they like I, that's another instance of because they keep on showing them, following them, and it's like, oh, they they thwarted our escape. They again. were a shitty part of the movie. Like, in they general. suck. They are the worst knights. But they didn't explain period. anything really about what they were anyway. Did so they even was, say a single word? Any of them? Like, they kept referencing the Knights of Ren. I mean, in the first first episode, yeah, episode seven, and yeah. they just didn't have very much of a play at all. So even having them a smaller part, I don't know if I care. Maybe he was required, Trevor Rowe, to add them in. And he's like, I don't care about these characters. I'm just gonna fucking kill I'm them. gonna kill them. <laughs> Let's just do it quick. <laughs> Let's do it quickly. Yeah. Rip it off quick. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Anyways, we always end up talking about the rest of Skywalker. <laughs> There's so much. This is very relevant though. Here, but yeah, no, no. But I, I will go back to with the Obi Wan Kenobi true. series. Actually, is that one of my favorite things? I think we've talked about this before, but probably my favorite thing about the prequel series is Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, and the way he actually does channel Alec Guinness is so great and you can tell and whenever you see him in an interview talking about his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi he talks about Alec Guinness often because he did try to channel a younger Alec Guinness and so you you can tell it's one of those really interesting things you can tell that he is doing that Mm -hmm. in the prequels trilogy and I'm really curious to see how this will play out in the in the new series yeah with the new series as well, he talked about how he's not actually in it the whole time, briefly, on the Graham Norton show. Huh. I don't know what that means, so I didn't put that into the actual story, but I'm curious to see what that actually will lead to. He- yeah, I'm curious what other crossovers or what other characters we might see in the series. Like, are we going to see Ahsoka and things like that? Because there's rumors that like Ahsoka is going to be in um, the, Mandalorian. the Mandalorian and stuff, and possibly her and Captain Rex are going to have their... I think it's been confirmed, it been confirmed? because didn't they cast... Yeah, you're right. Uh, Rosario Dawson was cast. I thought that was rumored, but I... I, I right, Rosario da- Dawson. That's the... However, when I'm looking at all of this stuff, 
Okay, never mind. The Verge did report on it. The first like four websites were these random websites, and I was like, "Like we got this covered." Slash Film, Space dot com, Comic Years, and We Got This Covered were the first four movies, and then eventually it gets to The Verge. Gotta love We Got This Covered, eh? I don't. I don't love it. Well, at least they actually reported in this case on something that's a fact. Well, uh, no, their reporting was that apparently they're making a Ahsoka Tana series. No way. Yeah. Why can't they just get something right? <laughs> Again, that those rumors have been corroborated, though, by other sources. So that might happen. That might may actually happen. Interesting. Well, it depends, I guess, how well she's played. How well by Rosario Dawson? Yeah, like how, how no, how well she's played by Rosario Dawson, but how well she's accepted and I'm sure she will be and loved by the Star Wars fans. Yeah, it's funny because people really hated Ahsoka at first because of that. Oh, uh, in the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah, that's where she's introduced, I believe. No, she it's Clone yeah, she, Wars, of course, is a. Spin-off. A, a spin-off animated TV series that lands in between the Attack of the Clones and... Revenge of the Sith. For the movie sphere. So it started as a movie, actually. So it's a movie that leads into the show. Right. And that movie's atrocious. That movie's really bad. And I think that's why people started hating her. Because that's where she's introduced initially. And right. then again, they develop her throughout the series. And she's a very beloved character to many. But yeah, I remember uh, I watched that Clone Wars movie. And it was one of the reasons why I didn't continue watching the series. Because I was like, wow, this is really bad. Oh. And then uh, years later, I heard that that movie is not reflective of the quality of the series. And then, you know, I saw a few episodes here and there. But never actually sat down and watched it all. Cool, cool. But yeah, I'm excited for this Obi-Wan show. I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I say like how much I don't care about like prequels or what happens, but Obi-Wan's just a character I really love because uh, I was pretty vocal about how much I don't care about the Cassian Andor series because I just oh, don't I care see. about the yeah, character. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're saying you... You don't like the idea you, because I know I know universe. Syndrome. Yeah, like I already know the ending of Cassian Andor's story, so I don't really care about what he did before. Whereas I know the ending of Obi Wan's story. Definitely, yeah, you definitely yeah. know the ending. But uh, I don't know. There's yeah, I guess uh, I, I'm definitely a hypocrite on that. But I I do, I do love think Obi Wan Kenobi the, as a character versus Cassian Andor. The beauty of the Cassian Andor series is that they may not live in a small universe. Like it, it's sorry time time. Of course, we know the time frame, but there's lots of places to go, and that was my argument of why I'm interested in it because it, it's the time frame that could still be bad i mean it could be bad yeah. for other reasons plus i feel like they've got time to actually build out other time stories time. like disney can t- make multiple different movies that are, you know travel back in time to deal with the old republic etc 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 but again the, the the weird timeline of the release schedule for star wars movies is so pushed out especially because of avatar which i'm just not pleased with anyways so Everything kinda, Who wants that? Yeah, Avatar is pushed out. Who it really, wants that? Because it's every second year, it's Avatar versus Star Wars. So it's kind of sad. I, I want one Avatar movie just to see if he's done anything to improve upon the technology or why. I'm wondering, what does he believe that he brings to the table? That he's waited 12 years to release this or whatever it's going to end up being when it actually comes out. It's going to be uh, Atlantis. But like we've Ken really pinpointed, as you mentioned. Oh, Atlantis, right. That's yeah. what Ken Saddlebauer mentioned. It's going to be an Atlantis, a live action Atlantis movie. I hope I hope it is. Just just to see. Like I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I feel like people are still going to love that movie regardless. And no one's going to acknowledge that it's quite literally just a direct copy of it. Right. I know. I don't Anyways. like Avatar. Alrighty. Let's move on. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by Deadline, Silver Linings Playbook director David O. Russell has cast actors John David Washington, Margot Robbie, and Christian Bale 
in his current untitled upcoming film. Hell yeah, my favorite actor as of late, John David Washington, baby. I want him in every movie. Number two, as Deadline has reported, the Apple TV Plus TV series Essex Serpent, based upon the Sarah Perry novel of the same name, has just lost star Kira Knightley due to complications with the second wave of the coronavirus pandemic hitting the United Kingdom particularly hard. What else is coronavirus going to take from us? Number three, as noted by Deadline, the HBO and BBC fantasy series His Dark Materials Season 2 will officially premiere on November the 16th, 2020. I know you liked the first season, maybe I'll watch it. Number four, as Variety reports, Fox's comedy TV series Last Man Standing, starring Tim Allen, will be officially coming to a close after its ninth season. Interestingly, the show had initially been cancelled at network ABC in 2017, but was picked up by Fox for two more seasons. That's an interesting one, because that's uh, one of these shows that are obviously a little bit more right-leaning. Tim Allen playing like a very conservative Republican man. Number five, according to Deadline, Brightburn director David Yoraveski is set to direct a movie adaptation of the J.A. White horror fantasy children's novel Nightbooks. Jessica Jones actress Kristen Ritter has been cast in one of the leading roles. Oh, that's interesting. I'm curious if they'll ever go back to the Bright Burniverse. Number six, Anchorman and Vice Director Adam McKay has cast Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio, Timothy Chalamet, and Jennifer Lawrence in his upcoming comedy, Don't Look Up. I heard Jonah Hill was in that movie. Number seven, as Publication and Entertainment Weekly has reported, Gladiator director Ridley Scott is set to direct an historical drama called Kitbag, which is set to follow the story of Napoleon Bonaparte with star Joaquin Phoenix in the leading role. Another historical drama movie that's getting whitewashed again. How dare they? Number eight. According to Variety, the Don Cheadle starring comedy Black Monday has been officially renewed for season three on Showtime. Oh, good for Don Cheadle and team. Number nine. According to showrunner Eric Kripke, The Boys season three will begin filming in early 2021. Hell yeah, baby, I'm ready. Season three, check out Closer Look, episode Closer Look about The Boys, season two. Number 10. As reported by Deadline, the Babysitter's Club actress Sochi Gomez has been cast in the Sam Raimi-directed Marvel film Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Ah, Selena Gomez's younger sister. I don't don't believe so. Mm. And that concludes the montage. What was that noise? What do you mean? It's the sound you edited in. At the end of every montage segment, you always edit in a sound. No, No, we can't hear those noises. That gets edited at the end. What was the noise you just made? I made no noise. <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay, that's fine. Well, Simon, I got new releases for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, baby. It's for the week of October the 19th to, I believe, October the 20th, 20th 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, to the 25th of October. <laughs> these are when these movies are coming out. Wow. Uh, the first movie that is coming out releases on October 21st. It's a movie called Rebecca. This was confirmed by both Movie Insider and Netflix, as it is a Netflix original airing that day. It stars Lily James and Army Hammer. A young woman um, who is played by uh, Lily James gets married to this Army Hammer character, whoever he is, and she moves into his estate. However, in this estate, there might be like some ghost or something there that's his ex-wife, as well as the housekeeper. Total meanie. She's just a mean woman. Possibly evil. Total meanie. Total meanie. Oh, man. Anyways, I didn't watch the trailer. The next movie that is coming out, which is not coming out on the 21st, but on the 22nd of October, is a movie called The Witches. Ooh. This was confirmed by Movie Insider and just Google itself. This is actually directed by Robert Zemeckis. Cool. 
the Back to the Future director. Yeah, yeah. Never watched Back to the Future. I think Damn. I said that before. No, you haven't. I think this is the first time you admitted that on this podcast. Yeah. You should probably watch Back to the Future. No, nah, it's too late now. It's definitely not too late. No, it's definitely too late because don't they go, like, aren't we past the date that they travel to in one of the movies? What does that have to do with watching it? I don't know, man. You're trying to be clever, but I don't There's think There's nothing to look through. forward to anymore. Anyways, this movie is about a kid and his grandma that stop witches from turning British kids into mice. Huh. I is this no... live action? Yeah, I Just think Just because so. he also directed Polar Express, just to be clear. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain this is live action. At least I really like Polar Express, by the way. I never watched it. Oh, I really enjoy it. Tom Hanks plays multiple characters. It's very entertaining. Hmm, that's cool. I don't know where this is playing. I couldn't I couldn't find a sort. A lot of these movies, I could not tell where they are playing. It's either like theaters or streaming, but where? Where are these movies streaming? Can we access them here? I don't know. It's weird that that's not a thing that's clearly advertised. Considering you'd probably want people to come to your streaming service and watch it. Yeah. What the French fry, man? A little weird. Anyways, the rest of these movies are all coming out on October the 23rd. Again, this is a pretty uh, pretty small week for movies releasing. Uh, this movie that's coming out is a called... Uh, is, is a called... Is a called... What am I talking about? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? What? It's a movie coming... <laughs> is a called... <laughs> it's a... It's what? a... Sorry. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it's a movie called The Place of No Words. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and m.the-numbers.com. This is coming to streaming. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, it has five reviews and is sitting at a 60%. It's about where people go when they die, I think. I only read a brief synopsis, and that's what I got from it. I see. The next movie that is coming out is Friendsgiving. One word. Movie Insider and M, and the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com, has confirmed this. It is coming to streaming. Again, I don't know where. I don't know if we can rent it or if it's a specific streaming service. However, this is starring Kat Dennings. Hmm. You may know Kat Dennings from that show, A Few Broke Girls or whatever it's called, Two, two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls. Uh, as well as the Thor movies. Which, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, the first two Thor movies. However, in the trailer of this movie, yeah. at the beginning, there is a reference to the Avengers movies. There is? There is. In the trailer. They reference the Avengers. Hmm. So, is Kat Dennings in th- the Thor movies in this universe? Or is it, like, does, does this character that she is playing in Friendsgiving just look like, exactly like Kat Dennings? And Kat Dennings also exists in this universe, who is in the MCU. Whoa. You know Mind I mean? blown. It's kind Illuminati of like, is real. It's kind of like in the MCU when uh, Tom Holland uh, references the Star Wars movies. Star Wars exists in the MCU. You know who else exists in the MCU and Star Wars? Samuel L. Jackson. Whoa. Yeah, I Crazy. Know. I'm blowing people's Mace minds. Mace Windu. No, I'm Adrian. Huh? Yeah. The next movie that's coming out is Synchronic. This is confirmed by both Movie Insider and m.the-numbers.com. This is a sci-fi movie starring both Jamie Dornan and Anthony Mackie. Not sure where this is releasing yet again. I assume theaters, but couldn't get a definitive answer. Not playing theaters here in Canada, but Rotten Tomatoes also confirmed this release date. If it, it might be playing in theaters here in Canada, but not near us, because I checked the Cineplex app as well. I do my research, Simon. I'm not like the people complaining about Cleopatra. I am a person that do, takes his time and, and actually uses the internet for research. You use it I for get good. multiple sources. I use it for good. Alrighty. I believe you. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Tara Willy. Actually, however, it's actually named Astro Kid here in the Americas. It's confirmed by Movie Insider and Rotten Tomatoes. So this is a French animated movie that actually released last year in France. However, it was redubbed for English audiences, it seems. It's about this kid 
that's pretty much doing No Man's Sky stuff. Like the No Man's Sky video game. Like he's going to planets, he's scanning things, taking pictures. He's a robot friend, which isn't really in No Man's Sky, but anyways. I see. Uh, this is a li- limited theater release, and then it goes to streaming on the 27th. No Man's Sky, of course, is a popular video game on the PlayStation and Xbox. And PC. And PC, in which you can go to any planet in the universe. Anyways, cool, man. Yeah. This next movie that's coming out is a movie called The Empty Man. This was confirmed by both m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet, and the Cineplex application. This is coming to theaters. This movie does not look great. It's a generic horror movie. It has that one kid from Stranger Things, Will. Mm. Not only an empty man, but an empty plot. In an empty theater. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. That that hurts. I know. <laughs> the second final movie that is coming out this week is a movie called Coming Home Again. This is confirmed by m.the-numbers.com and Rotten Tomatoes. This actually looks really good. So it's about oh. this uh, Korean man that goes back home to take care of his dying mother who has some sort of uh, stomach cancer uh, or whatever. Oh. Uh, and she teaches him all these like traditional like Korean like family recipes. Oh. The trailer looks really good. Uh, not sure where it's releasing. I assume it's like a limited theater re- release and then eventually uh, streaming shortly thereafter. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, really, uh, I really liked it. I really liked it personally. And the final movie that is coming out this week is one that I am incredibly excited for, again coming out on October the 23rd. It is called Borat Subsequent Movie Film, Delivery of Prodigious Bride to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. What an incredible title. It's also known as Borat 2. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I cannot wait for this one. This is a definite watch. I will watch it. Amazon um, Prime? Amazon Prime. That is exactly where it's releasing. Um, you are correct about that. It is an Amazon Prime original movie. It's the month um, of Sasha Baron Cohen. Hell yeah, baby. And I'm going to watch this. This is definitely a movie that I will talk about next week. Cool. So if you want to watch... I'm going to do my best to watch Borat 1 and then Borat 2 also known subsequently. As, afterwards. Uh, After but, known, also known as... You're going to say the title again? Yeah. I dare you. Borat subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bride to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Right. That movie. Cool, man. Excited. Awesome. Let's reach back into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Marta Pinter wrote into us and she said, hi guys. First, I'd like to congratulate you on the great podcast. You guys are doing an awesome job. I very much enjoy your movie and TV show reviews and hearing stories about your personal lives. I like Adrian's darkly sarcastic, often morbid humor. And I love how Simon is the voice of reason, always straightening things out. I would reverse that. I listen to every single episode of the podcast, the closer look into the movie Tenet, and the recent closer look episode of the TV show The Boys. I did not watch either of them yet, but after your review, I most likely will watch the latter. I don't mind the spoilers, unlike some people I know. Now I would like to go way back to the second episode of your podcast where you guys discussed the movie The Old Guard. You talked about the plot, the acting, but only mentioned Charlize Theron and Kiki Lane. The actor who played Booker happens to be one of my favorite actors, Matthias Schoenertz. Although he acted alongside some big names coming from Belgium, he's relatively unknown in Hollywood. Some of his movies include the 2012 Best Foreign Oscar nominee, Bullhead, the 2012 French movie, Rust and Bone, opposite Marion Cotillard, the 2014 Suite Francais with Michelle Williams and Kristen Scott Thomas. This movie also features the young and dark-haired Margot Robbie in a supporting role, by the way. Then the 2015 Far From the Madding Crowd, based on the novel by 19th century writer Thomas Hardy, 
with Carrie Mulligan, and also the same year a movie called A Bigger Splash with Tilda Swinton, Ralph Fiennes, and Dakota Johnson. What happened to Dakota Johnson? Oh, actually, she was in the she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sorry to interrupt. In 2016, he played alongside Alicia Vikander and Eddie Redmayne in The Danish Girl, and in 2018, in Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence, Jeremy Irons, and Joel Edgerton. He was the lead in the 2019 movie The Mustang, very highly regarded on Rotten Tomatoes, by the mm. way. Also a fun coincidence. Once he was offered the role of Batman, and he refused. Can you guess in which movie? Yes. Uh, it was Adrian's favorite Batman vs. Superman. You guys should check him out in one of the films and share your thoughts in the podcast. I very much recommend Rust and Bone, but the choice is yours. I also have a question for you. If you could travel back to any time in history, which era would you like to visit and who would you like to be? Keep up the good work, guys. Your eternal fan, Marta Pinter. Thank you very much for writing in, Marta. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you very much. Um, For other reasons, too. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is, a, this is a really good deep dive. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're watching The Boys now. Um, it's a really fantastic show. I still don't understand how you don't mind spoilers, but hey, that's you. Yeah, what are the uh, other people that, that don't like spoilers that she knows, I wonder? Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Me, I you. don't like spoilers. <laughs> the, uh, she really likes uh Matthias Matthias, Schoenertz uh, it seems like yeah so uh I know she loves Far From the Madden Crowd it's a big movie she loves a movie I purchased actually for her oh oh um, oddly enough but yeah it's uh it's it's interesting because I really haven't seen Matthias Schoenertz in much other than the old guard realistically I haven't watched any of these other movies that are actually mentioned here Oddly enough, I know the Danish girl is incredibly well regarded. It is, it is. For Ed, sure. Eddie Redmayne won an Oscar for that, did he not? Or was it Alicia Vikander that won it? I know Eddie Redmayne got nominated for it at the very least. Uh, Alicia Vikander won uh, for Best Supporting Actress actually in 2016 for the Danish <clears throat> Girl. Best Actor did not go to Eddie Redmayne that year. He was nominated though. He was nominated. Okay, I understood. Cool. I know Red Sparrow seemed kind of like whatever, but it was a movie I. I thought about watching in theaters never got around to it and i definitely heard of the mustang as well which i know is a highly regarded movie one thing i'm a little bit annoyed about simon uh, though is you never let me guess which movie she literally asks guess in which movie and you you didn't even pause didn't even let me guess which movie you just went straight into the reveal of batman v superman well keep in mind this is a, a full letter here maybe yeah. she should have written in and asked the question and then answered it on the next <laughs> On the next, next email <laughs> yeah, after we answer it. Fair point. Um, um, but that's fair. I do love Batman v Superman. But I don't believe this is also necessarily true. You think he's uh, messing around this Matthias Schoenhartz? I'm fairly certain, yeah. There was like a comedy show on, I don't know if it was on YouTube or otherwise, where he's with another actor and they're specifically talking about the fact that he turned down the role for Batman mm-hmm. and Batman v Superman because he's too old. I'm fairly certain. There, there was a large, by the way... Th- I shouldn't say it's a large list, but there was a short list for the role of Batman for Zack Snyder's Batman vs. Superman. And he might have been on it at maybe at one time, or at least maybe he kind of was going for the role. I, I don't think he was offered it, though. But he was still, I think he probably went for it, maybe, but mm-hmm. I don't think he actually got offered it. I'm, again, I have no, I looked this up and there was not a lot of evidence to support it, except for that one clip on YouTube, which he was kind of treating as a joke, like with a buddy. It looked like he was saying, hey, You're shooting I, got, the shit. I got. I got offered it, but I, I'm too old to, for, to do it. But Ben Affleck's clearly older than he is. so And obviously the role went to Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne in Batman vs. Superman. So, anyway. It was a great choice. It was a great choice. Yeah. 
For sure. But there was a short list. He was apparently on the on the list at one That's point. That's pretty cool. I'm just not sure how serious the list was. It's kind of like the in the running for the next James Bond. Who's really going to become the next James Bond after Daniel Craig? John David Washington. Well, yeah, he's not going to be because he's American. But Idris Elba was on the list as an example. And I think Tom Hardy was on the, this list. But I don't know if anybody's actually been approached. It's hard to know who's actually approached by the studio. Yeah, I heard there was like, uh, like I remember there was like an article that came out recently that was saying like Tom Hardy confirmed as next uh, Bond. Oh, actor. you read that on We Got This Covered or what? what's the deal? I forget what the website was. It's obviously not true. Because right. I don't think they would announce the next James Bond before Daniel Craig's last movie even came out. But yeah, yeah I, I do remember seeing an article about that. Um, again, another thing that never really brought up in the show. Um, now, in terms of if we could go back to any time in history, which era would we like to visit and who would we like to be? The who would you like to be is the question. Do you inhabit I got a good character? One. Or? I got a good one. What do you got? I'd go back to 1939 and I would be... Hitler, and then I would change the course of Hitlery. Hit, Hitler <laughs> oh my god! And uh, you know, not kill a bunch of Jews, and just be like the best leader ever. Yeah, just I just switch it around. At that point, you, he's already, you actually create a democracy. Yeah, like, you, actually, I do not want to be in charge <laughs> anymore. And I would just, I would just fix the world. I'd fix the Holocaust. That's a great one. I mean, it never happened. Did you think about this for a while? No, I thought about it as soon as I read that question. That's a good one. Thank you. I, I like it. Yeah. I don't think people would expect it. <laughs> That's the route I was going to take either. I feel like th- there must be a brief moment of pause. Like, oh my God, did he just say it? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's what I was going for. The surprise, the subversion of expectations, Simon. The Ryan Johnson special, baby. Who would you be? Where would you go? If you think about this, actually, it's one of those things. I don't know if I want to live in another time in that specifically technology is really good right now. It's sick. Dude. Life expectancy is pretty good. It's awesome. Canada is not in bad shape. Canada is not say. in bad shape. From a right. leadership perspective. I mean, the world is not in the greatest shape right now. Maybe I go back in time pre-coronavirus and just be me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe go back into like the early 2000s. But then you don't have that. things like the PlayStation 5 coming out. You know, there's some good mm. things this year. There's a positive atmosphere even because we're doing a tv show and movie podcast like in the early 2000s what year did lost come out because that's what <laughs> i changed my mind i'm going back to 2004 or whatever 2004 <laughs> just to watch lost again yeah, yeah to experience but you would still have the memory of lost though mm, yeah interesting i would invest yeah you know what's weird that's what i was thinking too go back in time and invest in apple before oh, apple yeah. got big like when it was a dollar per per share that would that's be fantastic yeah, that, that, yeah, that's Back to the Future, by the way. You should watch Back to the Future. No. They they talk about things like this. I'm going to specifically not to watch Back to the Future and make this a glaring hole in my filmography watching life forever. Right. Uh, I don't know if I have a direct answer to this, for this, but I feel like pre-coronavirus would be nice. You'd be Jesus Christ. Yeah, that'd be actually cool, though. Actually, Jesus Christ. Time. I'm going to do that, actually. I, I'm going to go back in time to when... Uh, apparently Jesus Christ lived and and try and you know be his friend be his friend well Dude, you, you would literally have a, a, a never-ending supply of wine I don't want to be controversial but there's a question of like when he existed what time period what what, what stuff was true would it wouldn't it be awesome if I could just go through and actually write my own like I'd be the the, the gospel according to Simon yeah and then just you know just have another <laughs> book and then you then we know I, I wouldn't try and change it and make sure it's as close as possible to what the Bible actually says, but I want to make sure it's it's you know true I, stuff. You I don't be know there. what everyone else was fucking talking about. This guy cannot turn water into wine. That is total bullshit. Sign <laughs> Simon. It was like came back to life three days later. Let's let's see let's see this in action. Yeah, you know you gotta wait outside. Hello, 
Are you in there? Hey, Jesus. Are you, are you alive yet? It's the third day. Jesus. Hey, bud. I'm waiting for you. It's me, your alarm clock. Maybe you, I just stayed You don't even the, know what an alarm clock is I'd be his bunkmate. I'd be his bunkmate while I wait for him to come back to life. Would you be that... You, you could be the, that, the, the thief that is on the cross next to him that... Uh, is remorseful and why would I want to die though in this time period? Oh, good call. The guy died. Yeah, he did die. He was hanging on a cross. However, he went to that's a really for eternal that, life. That seems like an awful way to go. I mean, I mean, obviously, but seriously, <laughs> that is one of the worst. Like, why do we have to be tortured to death? Like, is this, why? Why? You know what I mean? Just get it done quick. Yeah, like, why would you do this to people? I guess you're, you're making an man. example. You're making an example of them, but still, these Romans. Yeah, what assholes. It's not ideal. Yeah. Come on, Pontius Pilate. What are you doing, bud? Stop Already, it. I think we're pretty much good. <laughs> I think this is the end. Yeah, we the... ping-ponged quite a bit here. This is the ping-pong episode of uh, Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. You got anything else to add, my good sir? No. Oh, all right then. Well, thank you for listening to the 16th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter, son of Marta Pinter, signing off. Before I leave, I got one last thing to say. Batman v Superman, War ein guter Film. Goodbye. Take care. <laughs> Goodbye.